Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for same race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Shop the Chemist Warehouse Big Price Freeze Sale and find 20% off the Hot Hands range. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. That's right. One year today, we've been on the airways, bringing you sport and a bit of racing on the side, and it's been a fun old year. Big year. So our day one listeners, thank you to everyone that's joined the party along on our journey. Thank you. Without you, we wouldn't be able to do what we do today. So appreciate you being on our airways and listening to us every single day. Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SCNZ. We'll reflect throughout the morning, no doubt. There's a few memories. We'll take a wee trip down memory lane at about 8.40 this morning. It has been a big year. I can't believe it's been a year already. It's the longest I've stayed in a job, let's be honest. But uh, it's been a fun fun old year. And <laughs> Louis's been there from day dot. Joe in the back room and Kez and Kempe. Wow, he's pretty much been there from day dot two. We pretty much got Kempi on the show a couple of times at the start of the journey. So it's been a hell of a hell of a year already. So appreciate it, appreciate it. We've got a big show today. But before then, I'm going to say to Kempi, he's right across from me. I'm in the studio. So it's great to be in the studio on, on our birthday celebration day. And no doubt Joe will be going to get us a nice wee coffee shortly and just a wee present. Is that right, Joe? Yeah, mate, on me. Actually, on me today, yeah. Nice. Tell us about the haircut, mate. Yeah, it's a disaster, isn't it? <laughs> I, I tell every single person in the office yesterday about how bad it was. Oh, you poor, poor. I like thing. it. Birthday haircuts. <laughs> Seriously, Joe, that is one of the worst haircuts I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Louis actually, he saw me on Monday. He said, bro, just shave it all off. 
Just just shave it. That's just probably go to that, I reckon. Do you think so? Uh, yeah. I'm flying down to Wellington this weekend to see a girl I like. So I, I don't know. It's a real tough, isn't it? You need serious repair work. Yeah. Uh, I'm just, I know I'll get I'm I'll trying get to laughed figure out at. what's the name. Like, you know, how, what did I say? Hi, Bucks. What was my one it's name? It's Picky Blinders, his one. Box. Scucky Box Front Cut. It's it's a Geordie Barrett special. Mm. Unfortunately, he shaved his head though, so I look like an idiot now. But my mum, my mum was like, "Oh, you know, Geordie Barrett's got it. It's real cool, you know." Oh, but you love your mum. I love my mum. She really tried to because I didn't want to go to a party on Saturday because I was like, I can't go. Like everyone's gonna laugh at me. You're She's so like, fragile. They won't. They won't. But <laughs> they did. Everyone laughed at me. Um, <laughs> a, a few people like it. But my, the, I went to a different barber. He didn't know how to cut hair, and I was I was gonna leave, but he he I felt sorry for him, so I gave him a go, and he was terrible. I had to coach him through it. Did you pay for it? I did. Yeah. Oh my! You <laughs> don't pay for that. He, he, he said he gave me a discount though. Oh okay. So you pay for that, but you won't even pay for our coffees. Okay. Okay. We we get it. Hey. One one little tip: go into somewhere and get like a design. You know how they do like little lines on the side of your head. Yeah, or, or just try and cover it up. With get that. get um, HB SENZ <laughs> shaved into your head, and then just say that you're like a mascot for your work. That's actually what you do at SENZ. You're the mascot. That, that that might work. Yeah, hot, nice. I uh, I saw a I saw a shot of Cam Smith from. Um, he won the Open yesterday, obviously, and big news. That by the by the sounds of it, all the Aussie boys are off to LIV Golf. Um, Mark Leishman, Adam Scott, Cam Smith. It sounds like there's rumblings that that could be happening. So interesting. But I saw a shot anyway of him when he was playing, I think, in the President's Cup, and he had his mullet, and he side, he shaved his sides like Joe, and he got Oz, like, shaved into the side of his head. He's just a bogan. He is. <laughs> I saw that video too, and he was sitting by the pool. I saw something with something shaved in the side of his head. But, mate, that was awkward presser. Yeah, was. Um, I was sitting there going, man... He wasn't. He wasn't prepared to talk about it, and um, that's not why we don't have Sam Pinford on the show today. No. He's literally travelling back to Florida. He's going to come on. He said he's keen to come on tomorrow, so we will get him. Um, but yeah, yeah, the the golf world at the moment. And do you know what? And I'm, I probably am a little bit biased now that this has happened. But I think every and we we said this from the start, eh, boys? Like death by a thousand cuts. Every good golfer that makes the switch from PGA Tour to LIV, all of a sudden. It's becoming, it gets easier and easier and more acceptable and more acceptable because now the reality is the quality of golf isn't going to be too far behind the PGA Tour. But it's, it's a peach, this is getting crazy, but like it is, like you said, it's becoming the norm, Kempi. It's becoming the norm and we're going to have to accept it. But if you're the PGA, how do you go about it? Like Rory McIlroy has made us a, a staunch. He's, he's standing yep. his ground. He's going to be with the PGA. JT. JT standing his ground. Tiger Woods, like the three of the biggest names in golf. But when you get a Cam Smith, who's just won our latest major, he's making the shift. And you got Leishman, the Adam Scotts, you know, guys that have won on the PGA many, many times. They make mate. Is PGA like other? How are we going to get through this? What's going to What's going to eventuate from this? You think, Kempi? Well, I just think it's another, you know, um, opportunity for golfers if they if they look at it. It's really around what they want to be. I guess known to be playing at, known to known to be, you know, what 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 do they want it to be known for? To be, you know, the PGA. Do they want to be LIV? It's sort of like Super League and NRL back in the. I'll just take it back to the Super League um, ARL fight. You know, like you had so many players that said, "Oh no, we're we're going to stick with the ARL," and then you had the Murdoch crew go, "No, we're going to go to Super League." 
um, a for a player, it's a really hard position to be in because mm. overnight, what that what that did for players was it changed their life. Mm. Like they wrote a check out and they went, "Man, I was going to earn that in six years," you know. So, I think what what money does to people is it makes them sort of it doesn't matter where, where you're sitting if you if you're going. As a, I guess, a golfer, you wake up in the morning and someone's throwing $150 million on the table and say, just come and sign for us. They've got to consider it because mm. it, it's life-changing. Is it taking the competitive edge out of golf? Like, you know, like like Foxy's come on, he said, look, I don't think it's great for the game because you're just buying money's bigger than golf. And money's hugely important, don't get me wrong, but when you go into a tournament, you think of Pat Perez, who went to a tournament, he shot 80-something he came last, and he still went away with a million dollars because his team won. You know, is that is that is is it taking away the yeah, I hear what you're fundamentals saying. of golf and the competitive nature of it? And that's why I mean, it gets easier every time another mm. big name does it because then they can start to justify it. Actually, as soon as the big names and you're actually competitive on this tour and you're getting paid 10, 20 times more, and Cam Smith, I think the rumored number was ninety mil up front. You know, well, you like double now, wouldn't it? Well, yeah. <laughs> so you're fighting against history. That's what. You, that's what you. As a player, you're fighting against history because you don't play in the big finals. Mm. You know what I mean. You don't play in the, the historical games of golf that you'll just won't be a part of unless LIV get well, invited so, back into it. Mm. I'll tell you what. If that happens, that's right, It's all on, and that's where it's going because yeah. now the PGA Tour drew a line in the sand very early on, yeah. and they said like, "Hey, this is unacceptable." The RNA they didn't invite Greg Norman; it's a distraction. But every time another one of these players comes across, they have to start to think about their stance changing, and where we'll get to a point at some stage in history where the tours will work together. It's you just, reckon? Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. Because nothing stays the same forever. Mm. Like, like who would have thought the Super League would have come around and become a thing? You know, like things evolve. Man, it was crazy. There was it was crazy days. Like people putting you in their car and like driving you around Brisbane, going, you know, we want you to sign for the ARL, and you're sitting there going, and they're throwing numbers at you. You're going, man, I'm not even thinking about those type of mm. numbers. Mm. You know, and then you're hearing stories of like what Ridgie signed for, what you know Laurie Daly signed for, and stuff like that, and you're going. Oh, am I going to get that much? <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's what that's what happens. And then you start thinking, well, what does the competition look like? Because it actually split the comp. Mm. So you had you know, X amount of teams going to the ARL, X amount of Super League teams. You had two grand finals. You know, you had two um, international teams. It was just, it was way out there. Mm. So LIV going through it. I think the difference with them, if, if they do get PGA status where they play, their players can play in the same tournaments... Man, I think it's a no-brainer. I think you're going to see a, an influx of players signed from. So, at the moment, with the PGA, um, you have to, you know, you have to win your PGA card. You got to go through qualifying. Mm -hmm. You got to go PGA the Q, Q school. school. You have to go to Q school. So there's a, it's a bit of a process. Not everyone can get there, and that's the difference. You know, it's not all the golfers can go play that. At the moment, LOV, you just have to be decent at golf and you're going to get paid and you're going to make this tour. So going forward, is it always going to be that easy? Is it going to, is it going to be a qualifying kind of series to get into the LOV? And the question I reckon I, I need to ask is, is LOV going to dwarf PGA? Are we going to lose PGA? Because at the moment it's heading in that direction where all the players are going to go from the PGA 
and go play in the LOV. So what's going to happen to the PGA? Well, the, the, if it gets, if the PGA think that they're in a threat of getting to that point, the PGA commissioner needs to make the brave call to let the LOV players come back and play in their tournaments. Otherwise, they're going to lose. Otherwise, otherwise they're going to lose their tournaments, the prestige of the tournaments, because they haven't got the talent. They haven't got the talent, and if that's yeah. so, that's where that line. And so the momentum started all the way over here, and it's just shifting and shifting mm. and shifting with every death by a thousand. We'll top 100 players. Well, it's a numbers game by LOV because as soon as they get the, the numbers and the momentum swing, because that's what you're talking about is momentum swing, mm. going, well, we've got enough players now that are going to affect the, our own tournaments at PGA, then then it's a done deal. And, and to give you an example of that, Paul Harrigan driving to Newcastle in a minivan and threw all the players in a van to get the numbers and drive them down to Sydney so that they could all sign the ARL contracts. You know what I mean? And it's purely at the moment a numbers game. Mm. So as soon as they get the numbers, yeah. you know, talking about you remember when we first started this conversation was oh we're talking about one or two players? Now we're talking about a raft of players and that's where the momentum shift yeah. will change. As I was soon laughing. as I get them in. I was laughing at the start. I just didn't think we'd get to the situation. Then I heard Cam after the after the open win and he just sounded like he's already signed. So it was crazy. It well, was crazy. The other one that we should point out overnight is um Henrik Stenson's gonna be stripped of Ryder Cup captaincy. I know. So the Ryder Cup is the other part of this, the Ryder Cup of the President's Cup. Think about how much that means to these golfers. Well, he's saying that he's making a stand and saying, I'm going to go and play on the LOV golf tour and you're stripping my Ryder Cup captaincy. I don't agree with it, but that's the sacrifice I'm making. So the momentum, the pendulum has swung in this. And uh, It's not over. Here's the question. It ain't over by a long way. If you got offered $90 million See you later. Play the <laughs> what are you doing, boys? See you later. I'm gone, mate. 100%. <laughs> Well, well, it depends how, how how well I've gone on the PGA. If I was horrible when I was I was, I was not very good, like Pat Perez, I'll probably go. Does that mean Pinners gets nine million? Well, <laughs> the... <laughs> why, why do we ask Pinners that when we get them on? I don't know. I don't think so. Well, look, yeah, it's a genuine question. Look, he's a caddies will be getting paid. Surely. The caddies get paid, but does does Sam want to? But does Sam? You know, for Pinners, does does it mean more for him to stay on the PGA tour and try and a caddy in tournaments? I mean, these are that's a whole other dynamic. I hadn't even thought about, to be honest. And we'll get through well, it. Well, that's the that's the point. It changes lives. It changes lives. It changes Pinner's life. I guarantee you, Cam um, Smith. He won't be just saying, "Well, I'm going to sign ninety million and leave Pinner's out there in a the cold." And no, Pinner's will be going. Sign it. <laughs> Shall we? He's like, he's like, I want to go like, back to the beach again. He's like, how many horses is that? He goes, uh, I could get this many more horses anyway. All right, let's keep kicking them. Happy birthday, brothers, says Ed on double eight, double three. Money makes a difference, but don't make you different. That's from Cameron. Happy birthday, brothers, he says. Cheers, Cam. Uh, wow, a whole year. I remember that day. I was nervous and excited to have the proper radio back in my kitchen or pocket. Congratulations. You will make 5 a.m. To the night time and the odd night with cricket, a happy place, Kimberley. Thank oh, you, thanks, Kim. Kimberley. Uh, awesome. And, you know, the cricket's actually going on right now. The Black Caps are in action. 173 for eight they posted against Ireland in their first T20. Ireland with three and a half overs to go. They need 43 runs in 22 balls with two wickets in hand. So uh, they've had a little fight back there, the Irish actually, doing a bit better than they were. Um, a good 29, very quick 29 by Curtis Campner. So we'll keep an eye on that and see where it goes. But, boys, uh, I think we should probably address the elephant in the room. Can't wait question of the day. 
And that's it. We've still got about 100 texts left over from yesterday oh. on the situation of... The, the elephant isn't that it's our birthday. It is our birthday, by the way. Um, or is it the fact that they've edited party hat emojis onto your photos on the wall? <laughs> questioning the blue balloons, but that's all right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do, we, uh, do we not watch Super Rugby? No, no, no. It's all good. We're past that, Louis. We are. Um, right, 18 minutes past six. Well, Super Rugby, it's actually a... Good segue because who knows what Razor will be doing next year. Well, I can't wait. Question of the day for you guys today was actually something quite specific about the rugby in general. We're another day on. I don't know how everybody's feeling about it. I think um, an interesting point to note is that the All Blacks have to name their rugby championship squad pretty soon. And it, it might be this week. I don't know exactly, but um, so they kind of have to have a coach to do that and we'll need clarity. So expect to hear from New Zealand rugby soon whether I mean it would have to be this week and hopefully in the coming days and maybe today I don't know I've got no idea I asked New Zealand rugby for comment I asked New Zealand rugby for Mark Robinson to come on the show I just said we're down the hall just come over when you'd like and what I got back was there's no further media planned for Mark at this stage so uh, we kind of don't really know when but my hypothetical question for you guys today after everything we spoke about yesterday was this if you were Scott Robertson, and that's where a lot of people landed, they think that we need to pull the trigger and go for a clean cut now. If you were Scott Robertson, would you take the job on the condition Ian Foster had to stay on as your assistant coach in the group? You want to answer now? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I don't think they can co-coach. No. No. If you get the job, you should, it should be, you should be given the keys. And, um, yeah, look, I... I if I've if I'm gonna, if I'm trying to think like Razor, I don't think he'd he'd want to do it that way. Even as a clear superior, can <laughs> No, you, no, he wouldn't. My my advice would be no. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because one of the things that, especially if you're you're backing yourself as a coach and to get the job done, you want to be doing it your way. Um, and I, I I didn't know whether this question was coming up, but I had a good think about that exact question yesterday. So here's Razor sitting there, and he's been offered the job, but he's got to take he's got to take some some cookies with it mm. that he doesn't like eating. You know what I mean? And he, and he's got to say yes to the job. It's like, nah, man. Like you ask you actually asking me to co- to coach your team. Mm. I want to coach my team because it's it's like that when you get the job, you're the head coach. But with Fozzie being there, you're probably starting to question how much coaching you're able to do because he's had the reins. You've obviously got the head coach role. Who does are the it, players looking at? Yeah, does who? Yeah, because it's like a, it's like a mix mixed messaging, and and that's what they're probably getting at the moment. It feels like they're getting mixed messages. So there's that uncertainty in the environment, and I just yeah, I just can't see it happening. I think that's the biggest question they're trying to answer today. Mm. Yeah, is how do we handle? I agree. This change because there's change coming. Everyone can feel it, but the the question is how do you make that change with the least for least amount of fallout. And and do you know what the answer might be? And it, I think if I had to set the odds right now, it's going to be unpopular. I think Ian Foster's going to stay on. Mm, I'm sensing that too. I'm sensing that yeah. just just by the people that are close to New Zealand rugby, just the the time frames that they're working in. I I really don't see and hypothetically that's what I was trying to work out. Like how do they get Scott Robertson in there without making this an absolute bloodbath? And 
I mean, it was a hypothetical question. Could they work together even if um, Scott Robertson was the head coach? What do you think? 0800-150-811. Come through on the Kennard Tire phone line or double eight double three. Happy birthday, SCNZ. Big fan of the show, says Richie and Station. Legend Richie, give us a call and let us know what you think. We'll continue this discussion after this here with the Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Is anything. SNZ, 27 minutes past 6 o'clock this morning. Uh, it's our birthday. And also, well, there's a lot going on in the world of rugby and we're trying to work out who's going to coach the All Blacks. Literally as simple as that. Tim, the teacher, you got something for us first up, though. Oh, Tim. Hey, boys. Happy birthday. <laughs> One year. Loving it. Loving it. <laughs> oh, Timmy, hey. mate. You've been here from day dot, Day too. dot. Yeah. Day dot, boys, day dot, and loving every minute. Uh, still very upset because I won the uh, temper pillow last year, um, and I used it once, and my wife has had it ever since. So if, oh, you, could, good? Oh. if you could do another one of those competitions so I could win one myself, that would be bloody brilliant. But, <laughs> hey, well done, boys. I thought well you were going to say you never got it. <laughs> I was like, no. oh, Joe, Joe the Rat stole it. <laughs> I'm not quick enough for that, mate. Hey, well done, Izzy Kempe and Louie. You've done a fantastic job. And, uh, yeah, I've really appreciated the last year. So from the bottom of my heart, uh, love your work and uh, keep up the great work over the next year too. Yeah, thank you very much, Thanks, Tim. Tim. Cheers, Tim. You know where to send, send the invoice, mate. Um, all right, let's... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's one times temper pillow for Tim. <laughs> um, all right, let's bounce on. Cheers, Tim. It is our birthday. Appreciate you, Tim. All your texts are always uh, full of great creativity. We love it. Uh, Simon, you're in Hamilton, though, and you've got a scenario around the All Blacks coaching staff. This is what I'm really after. What do you got? Well, tomorrow they name the team, um, I believe, for the uh, Tri-Nations or whatever it is. So I don't think they're going to change it. But my scenario is if they don't change the coach tomorrow or today, raise a sign for another country in the interim. Who's the next all-black coach when they have to get rid of Foster in six months' time? Mm. That is the dilemma we face, Simon, at the moment. Um, I've got probably a similar feeling. I think Fozzie's going to um, stay on, and I, I, I hate to say it, but I feel like there's only so much Razor can take, and he's probably going to shoot off. If that happens, who is the next uh, cab off the ranks? Leon? Leon McDonald? Probably more heading towards him. Anyone else? Unsure. Kimpy, well, what's more important, the men's World Cup or the or the women's World Cup? <laughs> well, mm. Because because this cool. is this is the question: Do they go to Wayne Smith and and Ted and and say, look, because I've just made they play their cards, in they they've done it with the women's and say, look, we actually need you guys to step up in here and get back on the assistant coaches role, give this man a hand. Nah, I, they, they couldn't. They can't. They can't. They can't. Yeah, they've, they've done their time, Kempi. I'd love Good to. question, though. Great question. <laughs> Great thought provoker. Yeah. Look, look they're, they're in there and they're doing a fantastic job with the Blackford. I just can't see um, Smithy coming back and, and have another crack. He's done his time. Yeah. He has done his time. And even towards the end of it, he'd be the first to probably admit it. Like, he, you know, his, his voice was probably, you know, he probably said he's had enough, you know. It's time to really just let other people come through. And that's what we need to do. Like you always talk about, developing our next coaches, the next people off, off, the, off the ranks. We need that to happen. And at the moment, when you think about it, if Razor goes, who is the next person off, off, off the line? 
Can somebody come through with Jamie Joseph's contract details, please? Double eight, double three, oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. Um, I, I don't know. Huge I, I'll, money. I'll, 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 <laughs> I'll Google it. I'll try to work it out. But if anybody knows what Jamie Joseph's Japanese contract looks like, is, is he all the way through to the end of the World Cup? I would assume he probably is. He is locked and loaded, and he ain't coming back. Okay. <laughs> well, wouldn't it be a cruel twist of fate if? Another guy got the job over Razor because of circumstance that didn't have international coaching experience. <laughs> oh, how cooks would that be? Well, just quickly. Well, if you were Razor, would you stay? Would you stay? Like you've you've been around for ages. You went and you missed the job. You've done your time. They're in a situation now where things aren't quite going so right, and then they're probably not going to make change. What does that do to you? I've, I've thought about it. I've got my answer after Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together with Shaping and Building New Zealand. We'll also talk some love racing, .nz, and uh, plenty of you on 0800 or double eight double three. Get in touch with us this morning. SCNZ 27 away from 7am this morning. Yeah, it is our birthday here at SCNZ. Uh, love to have your company through the last 365 days, and we will talk about it throughout the morning. If you've got any messages for Daggy here or Kempi or anyone on SCNZ, send them through on the Temper Bed Post text machine, double eight, double three, and we will get to them. The Black Caps have knocked off Ireland, bowled them out for 142 in the first T20. Lockie Ferguson, oh, how about these for some figures? Four wickets for 14 runs from 3.2 overs. Very, very good work. Great work. He's fast. Great work from Lucky Ferguson, mate. Honestly, Ireland have surprised me. They have fully surprised me with how competitive they've been. Like that 360 and nearly getting there with one run, like a bit close for comfort. Well, they are Ireland. They've, they've won the rugby. They got they got done on the line in the golf, but then the cricketers have been putting up a massive fight. Mm. Good time to be Irish, Kimpy. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is. I'm, I'm thinking about Andy Farrell. You know, I can't, can't wait to finally get hold of him. <laughs> but, mate, he's he's gone. He's a god in Ireland. Mm. The Wigan boy. You know, he's sort of like gone over there. He's done his coaching thing with the English and the the Lions and in Ireland of all places I, you know I, actually my first game for Leeds was in Ireland against Wigan and he was a captain there's a bit of trivia for you that's a long time ago and see, see the TAB pointed that out and it kind of backfired on their billboard campaign so they were <laughs> running sledging the Irish on all their billboards oh well um, they, they then put up a sign at the Auckland airport saying you, Irish Ireland you're all class um, well done you were too good to see you in France and I thought it was really classy yeah. from the TAB okay is he here's look I think for Razor, this is not actually that big of a deal. I know that sounds weird, but in Razor's head, he knows that he's going through to the end of the next year for the Crusaders anyway before this happened, and then the contract came up, and then it was he will go overseas, and that's what we all thought anyway. Mm. Where it gets complicated is if Razor says, no, I'll gamble, I'll wait, I don't think this is the right time and right place and right circumstance for me to take over, what happens if the All Blacks can turn themselves around and then um, 
either yep. win the World Cup or go very close. And there's a culmination of whoever does that in the short term. Well, then you've probably got to back them again. Like it's hard to then go clean cut because we don't want to go change, change, change. So that's the gamble that Razor needs to work out and see what, what it's made of. In the short term, what do I think the most likely scenario is? Is I think there's a guy that's already come into camp at short notice and done a job for them. It's Joe Schmidt. And if Joe Schmidt is willing to go with them to South Africa and be a different voice mm. and coach alongside Ian Foster as a lead assistant coach, I think that's probably their most likely situation. But that's 100% ball in Joe Schmidt's court. And does he want to be embroiled into this? And is this the right time for him as well? And I think that's why there is no plan around media, Kempi, about when we're going to hear this stuff. Because I think they're literally asking these questions in real time. And these are personalities. These are real-life decisions that people need to make. Mm. It's an extremely complicated situation, is he? Mate, Smith will definitely go. He'll 100% go along. And we saw what he was able to do in that first week. I just don't know how much hands-on coaching he, he would have done. Like He wouldn't have made a hell of a lot of change, but just would have gave the, the players a lot of confidence and a different voice. The question is, when, when you're coaching the All Blacks, you know, we, it's a word that's thrown around long, uh, so much, and it's, you know, it, it's pretty crazy sometimes, but you should be the world's best coach. You should be one of the best coaches in the world. So how does that make Foster feel when you've got Joe Smith coming over and kind of looking over his shoulder and, and coaching the head coach? You know, like, it's, it's an it's a interesting well, – I just never saw Steve have that. I think it goes a little bit deeper than that because you've got to go back to the review and when Foster got the job because you you're basically going back in time to that time where Razor's in the room. Mm. You know, so Razor's in the room, Fozzie's in the room, and they've presented this, this blueprint on how to coach the All Blacks and the people that put the person in the position go for um, Coach A, which is Fozzie, mm. not Coach B, which is... Um, razor. That's the issue, mm. you know. So we're we're just sitting here thinking about what are we going to do with this review and put these people in place to make a decision. What happens if they get that wrong again? And you and you feel is it are they a, the question should be are they a a um, I guess because of so many good coaches there's the demise in the coaching ranks because we've got so many good coaches. Because if you have a look around the world, we've got good coaches everywhere mm. except in the All Black team. That's that's the problem. Mm. The problem is, yep. what is the organisation doing to retain and be able to, even if they do go and sign for another country because you haven't got spots for them, that's a given. But to say, when we're ready, we're coming to get you because you're the best. Mm. Now, you've got Gatlin, you've got Rennie, you've got all these play, all these coaches, you know, Razor that has, has yet to, apparently he might be signing over, overseas somewhere, that are there. And then they're going, well, we've got Fozzie in this group coaching our, mm. our All Blacks team. What it says is that they're not really the best. Mm. But the problem isn't that they're there. It's it's who put them there. Yep, it's very circumstantial, Kempi. And it is, look, administrators aren't, um, like we've seen administrators be sacked time and time again in sport. So I'm not saying that's going to happen. But if there is another wrong decision made, all of a sudden the focus will shift. Um, right now... 21 away from 7. Loveracing.nz is your home for everything thoroughbred racing. Go to their website and you can look and do exactly what I'm about to do. You go click on the calendar. Today we've got trials at Rickerton, Cambridge and Foxton. Now I'm pretty sure today at Cambridge there's going to be a bunch of nice horses trialling. And we'll just keep our eyes peeled on that and we'll see what comes up um, at the synthetic Tomorrow they're racing at Avondale. Then we've got Hastings on Thursday and some more trials 
at Cambridge. Uh, New Plymouth, the Openaki Cup this weekend, and Rotorua, so they're racing in there. And during the week, we will be discussing in depth who is lining up in that cup at New Plymouth Raceway. Is this the week, Kempi? This is the week. Oh. So stay tuned. I'll tell you who I did get a phone call from was, was Al Sheikh Sharok at mm. halftime of the All Black game. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Mate, I'll tell you, he is the... Him and the boys are the most parochial All Black supporters ever. He, he had a van of them. They'd, <laughs> Clifton had just won the semi-final down there um, to go through the final against Two Copper this week. Played at Old Boys and... Uh, they were cru- they made at half time they left the <laughs> crazy and he's going off in the van at me Mac this Mac that and get up here and and he's you know those he's just saying they you know what we're saying he's got to go Fozzie's got to go that's what that's what they're saying at right at the grassroots well that's saying it on double eight double three Kimpy that's right the rugby nation the unrest is building Adam says give it to Razor today let him rebuild the side in a year preparation for next year let him select the coaching team along with Joey as a selector if that's what has to happen I'm sure Jace Ryan will bring the side as a title next year well if Razor's coaching the All Blacks can you just get on the blower to Jace Ryan just ask him if he's got his bags his safari outfit packed he'll to be, South Africa he'll be there of course he will. He'll be there, hundred percent. They're He's a fair package. They're a team. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. So you, Izzy, do some get your PI investigation going and start doing some digging, mate. He's Nine... in buddy Fiji, Chase. <laughs> the swim up bar at Bora Bora yeah, with yeah, Fraser. Yeah. He's with Andrew Goodman uh, celebrating. <laughs> Still, <laughs> well, not celebrating. They lost to actually Monday Samoa, but Andrew Goodman celebrated because he was coaching Monday Samoa. <laughs> oh, that's right. The, the Pacific Nations Cup, of mm. course. Eighteen away from seven this morning. Oh, eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. We've been doing it for a whole year. Can you believe it? One year of quizzy dags. How many mistakes do you reckon you make, Kiz? Oh, he's got a clue. Probably the big birthday, twenty one. <laughs> 21. <laughs> Watertight today. Give us a call with Willem and Travel. Someone will go on the draw to the Goldie 500 competition. 18 away from 7. 0800 150 $50 TB bonus bet as well. On your radio, giving you the chance to head to the Gold Coast. Five questions for the win. Supercars on the line. Oh, 800 150 811, you're mine. It's Quizzy Dag, give it a go. It's Quizzy Dag, now don't you choke. It's Quizzy Dag, who knows the most. It's Quizzy Dag, we're going to the go-go. Yes, that's right, one day we are going to the Gold Coast. Here we go, we got Quizzy Dag. We're going to get, I can't even see... Sorry. Sorry, mate. We're going to get Brett from Huntley. Brett! Morena, Brett. He's been there from day dot, too. 
Say one hearty hoodie SCNZ. Yes, pretty. Thanks for always being a part of our show and everyone's shows, mate. We appreciate you. Good luck today, Love all you, right? brothers. Love you too, my hey, bro. Here we go. Question number one. Who won the last Melbourne Cup? Oh, Jay Mack and very elegant. Very, very elegant. Oh, man. I, was... I boxed that up, Chas. Did you? Two, three, four. I had first, second, third, and last. <laughs> no. and, my, and my four horses. No, bro, that's a good effort. I didn't take very elegant. I was gutted. Anyway, here we go, bro. Question number two. What month did Ajaz Patel grab his temper? Who knows? Uh, <laughs> February. February is incorrect. <laughs> Louis. <laughs> Sorry, I was doing something else. Didn't have the <laughs> didn't have the it's in front okay. of me. Sorry, Brett. Have a good day, brother. We're gonna go to we're gonna go to Jade in Hamilton. Morning, Jade. Morena, Morena. What month did AJS Patel grab his Timfa? December, December is correct. Question number three. Who won Euro 2020 European Football Championships? Oh, I didn't have a clue on that one, could I? Serie A. Italy. Early is correct. Question number four. How many medals did New Zealand win at the Tokyo Olympics? Not enough. <laughs> <laughs> I will go with um, try 18. Ooh, not a bad guess. Not a bad guess there, Jade. Not 18. Have a good day, mate. We're going to go to Mark from Tauranga. He is definitely day one. Morning, Marky. Morning, boys. How are you? Yeah, we're good, mate. We're good. How are you? Bloody good, eh? It's uh, one year. That's still fast, eh? Yeah, it is. It is flowing by. So what happens when you're having a bit of fun on the airways, mate. Appreciate it. Question. How many medals did New Zealand win at the Tokyo Olympics? I'm going to need a clue because I've got no idea. Plus two. Oh, 20. <laughs> Good listening. Good listening. Here we go. Question number five. How many tests have the All Blacks lost since we've been on air? Oh, that's a good question. Oh, as in um, SCNZ, I was going to say this morning, would be zero. But since you've been on air, uh, seven? Dun, dun. No, guess not. Here we go. <laughs> Sorry, Marky. It's not seven, mate. We're going to go to Tim from Christchurch. How we doing, boys? Yeah, we're doing very well. How are you? Pretty good. Happy birthday, fellas. Oh, thank you, mate. Thank you, mate. We've got the cake coming in shortly. Here we go. How many tests have the All Blacks lost since we've been on air? Uh, in the last year, I think it's six. Ooh. It's not six, sorry. Have a good day, mate. We're going to go to Ed from Tolaga. Morning, Ed. Morning, my brothers. How many... no, the All Blacks don't lose. I oh, know, mate, but they we have. We just come second. How... <laughs> How many tests oh, have the All Blacks eight, lost? Eight, eight, the no, eight is incorrect. Sorry, Ed. Zade. 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 Um, is it five? Yeah, 
You're in the draw for the 300th time, Zaidi. Well done. Happy birthday, happy birthday, boys. And, um, you know, obviously what Baz uh, ran off and left you guys off to England to get some more cash. As usual, you'll buy some more horses. <laughs> yeah, no, we appreciate you being on our show, Zaid. Thank you very much, mate. It was definitely horses, by the way. Seven away from seven this morning, Zaid. Well done. Go on the draw another time. A little $50 TV bonus bet coming your way. Some texts on the other side here. Izzy and Kempi for breakfast, SCNZ. To Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SCNZ. Uh, hey boys, if Razor heads overseas, won't he have a clause in his contract to break and come back and coach the All Blacks? Absolutely not, sorry Phil, that's just not how it works. Uh, we've got here, completely new setup will bring new attitude. Razor head with Ryan, uh, Jace Ryan and Liam McDonald's assistants. Give them the car keys, there's no other way. Happy birthday, says John. Yeah, cheers. No, there's no way. Once we lose him, he, he's gone. He's mm. gone, he's going to be potentially gone for a few years to get that international experience that New Zealand Rugby thought he lacked. And... Um, yeah, look, I'd hate to say it, but I'm I'm sensing we, we might lose him. You are, yeah, have dropped that a couple of times. Ken, one of our favourite listeners, is, uh, Ken P says, Happy birthday, SNZ, great station, and I'd say if Foster falls, it'll be Schmidt who takes over. He's done it all. Cheers, Ken. Mm. It'll be close. Um, mate, if, if Razor gets the RFU job in England, well... Man, that's going to open his eyes up. Ooh, that scary. place is massive. Yeah. How sickening is it going to have to be to watch Bears Ball and Razor Ball? Razor Ball. Well, that just shows shows how how you know people uh, you know love the the Kiwi kind of way that the mentality. So good work. Anyway, coming up, we're going to talk to Chris Steele. We're going to talk some sailing. I'm going to go get my McCafe about now. But here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building New Zealand. CNZ Tuesday the 19th of July and today is our one year happy birthday for SCNZ. Been on the airways for one whole year and what a year it has been. Lots has happened, a few changes here and there but hey one thing's remained is that is you, our listeners, our supporters and we appreciate you here on SCNZ double eight double three. Keep the message flooding through. Even better, give us a call 0800 150 8 to 11. Got a few messages on the temper bed post text machine. I'll get to those right now before we head off and have a wee chat to Chris Steele shortly. Grassroots and club rugby is struggling. This could be the norm for our ABs. That is Nick from Hawke's Bay. It is. It is struggling indeed. Um, I know particularly in Hawke's Bay, the teams have struggled to uh, put out uh, 23. They've had to dig deep and well go looking for players. A couple of my old mates have had to go back and play some prem footy, so they're really clutching around there, and it's not it's not ideal for uh, for New Zealand rugby at the moment. Couple here, morning guys, happy birthday to SCNZ. Blame Susie Kimby. Blame Susie for the poor performance by the ABs. Did Susie come over from South Africa? <laughs> is it is that Susie? Because she commentated. Because <laughs> Sue commentated, didn't she? She was on the panel. Uh, I'm not sure. I think they're alluding to Susie, the the waitress that uh, gave them the food pausing. poisoning in 1995. Oh, geez. Oh, I... <laughs> Sorry, Sue. <laughs> 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 Let's just keep on what Sue was throwing under no, no, the... No, no. <laughs> Susie's the, the, the... What are the waitress the, the over, mythical, Yeah. 
Actually, we can ask Buncey about that. Yeah, we'll see if Buncey yeah, has <laughs> even ran into Susie. Anyway, we're going to talk some sailing right now with a fair bit of damage done to the All Blacks brand over the weekend. We're lucky enough that we don't have to look too far to find some great Kiwi athletes holding up their end of the bargain on the world stage. Yep, you know by now about Sam Pinfold, Cam Smith's Kiwi caddy. What about Scott Dixon winning again on the IndyCar circuit? Joey Manu tearing up the NRL, faking a knee injury for the Sydney City. Or how about Chris Steele, one of our brightest sailing talents who hound his Swiss-connected team to glory in the GC32 World Championships in Lagos, Portugal. It's a class of sailing, extremely well-respected globally, and Chris joins us out of Portugal now to reflect on a very special weekend for himself. G'day, Chris. Busy, mate. How are you? Oh, very well, thank you, mate. Appreciate you, you joining the show, mate. How special is this for you? Getting the first win. You only had a new team, but, mate, for yeah. you, a pretty special moment. Yeah, yeah, really special. I guess, uh, yeah, for me personally, kind of a long time between showers. Um, sort of 12 years since my last world title. And, yeah, certainly the last few years have been pretty difficult, sort of uh, trying to find the way to way back to the winning sort of circle. And, um yeah, a bit, bit of pressure on on this week, and it was just really nice to get the job done and get back to uh, back to the top, which has uh, been been a really cool result. So just sort of, you know, only finished uh, finished yesterday, and just trying to reflect on that now mm. um, with a couple of days off. It's um, it's very special, yeah. Mate, with people uh, unfamiliar to to sailing, well, there's there's so many different competitions around the world at the moment. What's the biggest difference, like technically, with the boats or? Or, or how they've been sailed and, and where it's been sailed. What's the biggest difference in this in this competition? Yeah, well, these boats are, are one design, so they're all pretty similar. Mm. Um, but you can certainly set them up in, in different ways. And um, it was a really interesting week here in Lagos uh, this week, quite different conditions to what you would predominantly get here. And we actually sort of had a, a, a competition two weeks ago here. And, and um, yeah, we, we really struggled. And so... There was a lot of pressure coming coming into this sort of week, and I think one of the u- unique things about this class of boat is um, there's quite a mix of, of teams that are involved. So you've got um, the fully professional teams, uh, sort of like the Lingy, who are obviously in the America's Cup, um, and then probably three or four Sail GP teams as well, which are, are fully pro. And then you've got the other side of it, where you've got um, sort of amateur guys who are driving the boats, uh, quite wealthy, and they employ a professional crew to come and sail with them. So um, it, it's quite a mix, yeah. um, and and on our boat anyway, we've got a, a Swiss owner, um, and he's on the boat, but I'm driving, so um, we're trying to coordinate um, him in the mix with how much say do you have? Well, and um, well, <laughs> ultimately, I get to decide where we end up. Obviously, yeah. um, you know, c- controlling the boat, but yeah, certainly the the off the water um, dynamic is, is quite interesting, and and like I said, because we had such a tough event last. Uh, you know, two weeks ago, there was, there was some heat coming on my side to to perform, and and you know that's the the beauty of sport. You know, it's mm. it's all based around the results. So, um, yeah, we sort of try to come into this week, and and I spent a lot of time trying to sort of calm them down, and you know, try and reassure them that that I think we're on the right path, and we just had a had a tough event, which you know happens in sport, and yeah, and um, just needed the full trust from from him and the and the upper management to you know let us do what. I believe that we've always been able to do and, and come out and, and try and get the result, which is you know something that we we managed to do over the last few days. So yeah, that was a, a massive relief, and hopefully means I get to keep my job for another year. <laughs> Morena Chris, hey, so so the role on the boat, the helming's pretty serious, and it's the same as what Pete Burling does for Team New Zealand America's Cup. Is that right? 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, um, you know, this class of boats are a hydroponic catamaran. So it's a, a 32 foot long boat. Um, there's five guys on board and, and, um, I'd say it's sort of a, a very, very similar to, you know, Russell Coots' sail GP series that you see on, on sky sport, um, you know, around the world. And, uh, you know, the, those boats are 50 feet long and sort of foil all the way around the racetrack. Um, these boats are, are very similar to that a little bit, uh, smaller, similar sort of makeup with the crew, but, um, you know, not, not so much, uh, technology involved. It's, it's more about, you know, actually pulling lines and, and, and ropes and stuff. It's, it's a little bit more, um, traditional sort of sailing, uh, as opposed to sort of hydraulics and push buttons and, and things like that. So yeah, there's a, there's a lot going on and, and, you know, my job is to try and uh, point us in the right direction and, and pick the right sort of wind shifts around the racetrack and make sure we're going fast. And obviously when you're doing sort of 70, 80 kilometers an hour, the, split second decisions that you make around the racetrack can can make or break sort of a race and and yeah we just managed to get that right over the last couple of days which was uh yeah a massive relief and yeah a huge credit to all the guys that have been involved with the project you know it's um yeah it's, it's been a really cool week and yeah we're just stoked to, to get the win but there's been a lot of talk over here uh chris just about team dynamics and team environments for, for you i was doing a little bit of read you've got so many different ethnicities in, in the group you've got people from italy people from all over the shop but how do you cope with that at the helm like is there certain things you're doing in the back room to to ensure that you're all on the same page and and is that a, is that a difficult task for yourself or are you you're all over it yeah no no it is it's a it's a weird dynamic you know we've got um the owner who's, who's obviously swiss and then we've mm. got uh uh, another Kiwi on board is sort of one of my main guys who does a lot of a lot of racing with me in, in various classes. And then we've sort of got like a Kiwi Italian guy who was with Bernard Rossa with the, the last America's Cup and then a British guy in the bow. So there's there's a lot of different um, a lot of different mixes in that one team. And, and it's just about trying to get the best out of each other. And I mean, the language barrier for, for one thing is, is, you know, difficult enough as it is to, to manage. And then, you know, we've got a Swiss coach as well. And um, a couple of shore guys from from the UK as well. So you know, it's a, a huge, huge mix that sort of goes into it, and it's just about you know trying to trust each other to get the best out of each other where you, where you need to around the racetrack, and and try and put it all together in, in that one week. And you know, with the, obviously the World Champs is sort of our our pinnacle of the end of the year, and it's all about trying to deliver when it matters. So um, yeah, we're just like really stoked to be able to put it all together this week, and and yeah, nice to be able to sort of look back on it now and reflect on you know, what was almost a, almost a perfect week and. Yeah, just stoked to be able to come out of it with a win and, and yeah, see what happens from now, I guess. Beautiful. Hey, Steely Louie here, mate. Um, look, I'm interested to hear that there's not too much croak in your voice, which is actually <laughs> pretty, just, it's A, shocking and B, a little bit disappointing because I know you like a good time and um, being an extremely good-looking sailor around the world has its perks and you get, you get you go well and uh, after off the water. Do you think... That this now, and be honest with us, do you think this opens any doors for you to potentially get on an America's Cup boat at any stage? I know it's a, something that you've thought about. I know it's hard to crack for various different dynamics, but for you personally, where does this take you and leave you? Yeah, a little bit unsure, to be honest, Louis. Obviously, we, we spoke a lot um, during the America's Cup broadcast that we were doing together, um, you know, with Radio Sports sort of in the last couple of years of, you know, how do you get into that America's Cup? And there's not really a, a clear pathway, um, so to speak. But I think the racing that we're doing now on these boats is the closest thing that you can kind of get to to that level of sort of America's Cup racing. And there's 
like I said, the Alingi guys that were here this week and have been dominant in the last couple of years and in this class, um, they use this as like a stepping stone to, to their build up to, to the America's Cup. So, I mean, you know, guys like Paul Goodison, who was obviously the uh, main trimmer and tactician with the American Magic team, the last America's Cup, like, you know, all of these guys are sort of here and we've raced against guys like Nathan Outeridge and, and people like that. All those guys are at the top of the sport. And so, you know, you, I guess you just got to keep trying to put your best foot forward and, and take wins off them where you can. And so I uh, hope maybe this this potentially, you know, creates a few opportunities and, and maybe some doors open. But I mean, in the meantime, we're just got to keep our head down and working hard. And, and if you can keep putting results on the board at some point, then a door might open here or there, and you just got to be ready to take it when it happens. Yeah, mate. Results speak for themselves. You get you get to keep getting the wins, mate. You've had your first taste of it. Now just keep that taste coming, and I'm sure um, more success and more opportunities will will be in front of you, Chris, mate. We appreciate you coming on Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Well done, and uh, all the best for the rest of the season. And we'll we'll chat to you shortly, no doubt. Cheers, boys. Appreciate it. There is Chris Steele. He is a part of the GC32 World Championship. He's on the Black Star, and uh, they tasted their first Goes win. real good, Chris. Mm. He, he's got a great beard. He looks like a sailor. Ooh. He's always tanned. He's got he's got these big weathered hands. He's just like these sailors. These guys yeah, are bit of, they, bit of a fan, Louis. They look like that. He's a, he's a great dude, Chris. And, nice. and um, wanted to pump him up because he's... He's he is a super talented sailor. You speak to anyone, he's a very. He knows so it's quite difficult to get on there. It's so. Yeah. It, do you know what sailing is? Um, just talk about politics and dynamics and sport, and we know this because we've sat here through politics and arguments about the America's Cup and where it's going to be hosted and who's going to be on the boat. But it's actually quite clicky, I think, mm. to a point. And you have your crews. And if you're not in it, you might not be in it necessarily. And then there's eligibility rules, so you can't just go and sail. That you can't. Chris just can't go and turn up and sail for. I think you're allowed one or two people on boats, not from where the country is um, that's putting up the, the boat in the America's Cup. So it's quite hard and just wanted to pump him up there because he is doing good things. And after a tough weekend for New Zealand sport, we had, did have a lot of Kiwi successes, Kimpy. Joey Manu, how good did he go? Joey Manu was on fight, faking an injury and scoring <laughs> that try. It was crazy. Yeah. Was good, yeah, I haven't seen that one done for a while. That's an old 80s trick, that one. Um, Scott Dixon. Like he he went alright. Second mm. on the all time wins. I know, you know. So there was there was a bit of success there. Uh, New Zealand men's in the netball. Like they got to got to pump them up. Oh, crazy! <laughs> we're crazy on that week. Crazy Tangata. Yeah. So um, got to give crazy awesome. a big shout out too. They were awesome. So yeah, apart from the All Blacks, so the, yeah, that's the. It doesn't really matter, mate. In this country, if the All Blacks lose. Everybody loses. Well, the Black Caps have literally won this morning. We're going to hopefully catch up with Lockie Ferguson before the end of the hour, who took a lot of wickets today, and he's been in great form up there in the UK. Text coming through. Morning, fellas. If Razor jumps ship, <laughs> good sailing pun there, to the ABs ahead as head coach, do you think that would give other Super Rugby teams a good chance of winning? That's from Brad. And uh... <laughs> <laughs> That is my brother-in-law who's a diehard Hurricanes fan. And, well, let's be honest, Brad, that is the only chance you have of any success in the Wellington region. No. Um, nah, no chance. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, it kind of does. Because yeah. Who would take over the role of uh, head coach? If Razor gets it and then Jace Ryan follows suit, you think Scotty Hansen? Scotty Hansen's there. He'd be wow. a realistic option. Well, Brad, Brad Moore might be looking for a job. <laughs> nah, Leon goes home, mate. 
Mm. Nah, thank God he's building at Keen. the Blues. Leon goes home, Kim. Kim, <laughs> <laughs> big smile on his face. 18 minutes past seven. So many hypotheticals in the world of rugby right now. Uh, Dave from Caracas says, I think they will move Joe Schmidt to top job and leave Foster there to keep face, whereas what they should do is put Razor under Schmidt well, he won't. Also, thanks to SCNZ, happy birthday. And Izzy, you have grown into the job. First day was a shambles. You were so nervous. <laughs> I can't even remember the first day. <laughs> to be honest, neither can I. It was all a blur. But he's probably right. I still get nervous to this day, mate. It's because he takes the job seriously. We all do, Dave. Uh, 18 minutes past seven. Here with Kempis Warehouse. Great savings every day. Kempis going to talk more coaching and where the All Blacks could go after this when he goes off the back fence. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. Well, it's, it's make or break for the All Blacks as the New Zealand Rugby Review gets underway to find out why we lost our first Test Series to the Irish on home soil. Yes, as the calls grow louder for Ian Foster to be replaced as head coach, the question remains as to who will be the old ideal candidate and does this review include management and the captaincy as well you would have to think that a total overhaul of the current management team is on the cards new coach new assistants and yes a new skipper for me nothing else will pass the ire of the public scrutiny so does Razor become the number one candidate to fill the head coach's role that's my question so much for Razor to consider and I'm picking with not, not much time to do it my pick is at the speed and reactive approach to this review would not sit well with someone as well thought of as Razor. He will be picking up pieces rather than starting with a clean slate. One where he would own his own strategy, create his own vision for his own all-black team. My question is to you, Izzy, will Razor accept this challenge? Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. I'd hope so. I'd hope so, Kempe. Um, But I, I only think he'd accept it if he has given full reins. If he has given full reins to bring his team in and bring his philosophy. Razor is an unorthodox coach. We know that. He brings something different. And whether that suits the All Blacks brand, that's the, the probably the biggest question. But at the moment, they, he, mate, I've got a lot of time for Razor and what mm. he's done for me and, and how he's inspired me. Like At the moment, the players need to be inspired. They need to have innovation. You just heard Carmo coming on Staffy's show there talking about we're being followers at the moment. We're not being leaders. We're not innovating. So Razor will be able to do that. But he has to be given full reins and a full opportunity to bring his team in and um, give them a crack. The one thing about Sam Kane, I said it yesterday. I, I'll say it again. Like, I think Sam Kane, at the current situation, at the moment, there's just too much weight on his shoulders. There's too many responsibilities. There's too many question marks. Mate, he's at home at the moment with his family. He'll be blaming himself, mate. He'll be at five million people mm-hmm. on his shoulders. I've been there. I've done it. It's not a nice feeling. So for him to maybe, you're not showing weakness by stepping aside, but you, you, you're passing on the bat, and so you can focus on your game. And I think, mate, he'd do a fantastic. Like he would, his game will go from strength to strength if he relinquishes that opportunity to, to get inside to maybe Sammy Whitelock or, or even Artie not even Artie even oh, Sa- Sam mm. Whitelock you did right Sam mm. Whitelock epitomises what you what you need in a leader just getting on and getting the job done week in week out the thing I've noticed about Sam Whitelock this year in all his games whether it be for the Crusaders or the All Blacks is he's tough mate tough mate like he puts his head in positions like that big ugly beard that he's got <laughs> yeah. like he remind, when I thought about him on Saturday night walk, walking out I th- you know who I thought about was that French dude 
that took Sh- Ali Chabal. Williams' head off. Sebastian Chabal. You know, you know mm. what I mean? When Ali, re- Ali Williams ran that ball yeah, back. I was at that game. Ooh. And I just thought, <laughs> man, the sideways. that's our answer to that, that dude, that French dude. So... Um, yeah, I look. I think I think the captaincy is definitely on the on the uh, on the charter, as well as I agree with you hundred percent. Razor, he's he strikes me as a type of bloke that says, "If you want me, I'm doing it my way." Mm. You know, no Ted, yeah, in the review room with with you know Budgie and whoever, um, mm. saying you know this is what you need to do. This is who you're going to take. If, yeah. if they want him, he's going to say, "I'm going to do it my way." Totally agree. Totally agree. He has to be given full reins and, and an opportunity to go in there and, and coach how he coaches. It is unorthodox. I'll be a first to admit it, but it is inspiring. It is invigorating. It makes you want to turn up every single day because you don't know what it's about. And, and the one thing he does really, really well, he, he creates a purpose. It gives you an actual purpose of why you're doing things, why you're going to training, why you're playing this game and what it really means. So one thing he'll do, mate, is he will connect New Zealand to the team. Create his own strategy, mm. his own vision for his all black team. Mm. That's my point. He, you know, he's gonna, he, if he's gonna do it, he's gonna own it. He's not gonna own someone else's mistakes. Mm. You know, give me my team, let me put my boys in place, let me create the strategy, and let's get on and get this built again. It'll be interesting to see if they've got time to do it though. So we think that the all black squad for the tour up to South Africa will be announced tomorrow. Well, that's when it was meant to be announced anyway. Now, how could you do that without having certainty over who is going to be coaching the side? So does that mean we get an answer today from New Zealand Rugby? No planned media as of yesterday when I checked with them uh, as far as Mark Robinson fronted, uh, fronting. On double eight double three, our game plan hasn't changed 10 years. Fozzie is using the same playbook the rest of the world has read time for a new chapter. Cam- Captain Sam Whitelock, yes, boys got to have a player who was the best in their position is going to be on the paddock the entire game. It worked with Richie McCall, but he stayed on those games where it was tight. Kane is not influencing the game when he needs to. Now, interesting uh, little dynamic here is, um, as lots of people have been reminding me, we only saw a yellow card for a shoulder char- head clash to Brody yeah. Retallick's face, which has broken his, fractured his cheekbone. So he's had that put together back together in the Hawks Bay Hospital. Has he been sighted? I'm not. I can check that. I don't know off the top Surely. of my head. Is she, you would you would assume Shame he would have yeah. been. Now, that means that Scott Barrett will likely be starting back at the lock. Mm. They need to work out their best loose forward trio in South Africa. They can't go up to South Africa, Kempi, with a loose forward trio that isn't prepared to scrap because oh. they will get smacked on the nose and the same thing will happen again and again and again. Look, we got a text that came in yesterday and said the physicality was lost when South Africa left the the series and went north. Mm. And if you have a look at England come down and beat Aussie, Ireland come down and beat New Zealand, we've got to go up to South Africa who've been playing in that northern competition. And it's like, man, the all of a sudden we've we're not as physical as we thought we were. You know, we're just getting out muscled. And that's what I'm seeing. From a coach's perspective, you can you really identify in the collision space who wants to get down and dirty. Like, you can see it a mile off. And mm. unfortunately for us at the moment, the Irish basically own that space. And we said this from last year's Northern Tour, they saw that as a, um, as a as an opportunity, and every team's taken it so far. Uh, one more here on double eight, double three, Boys, they could put Foster down with the Crusaders. The rest will then have a chance. Cheers, Josh. Josh? 
That is a sick, sick joke. 29 away from eight. Here's Araha with the news for Kubota. Don't talk to Louis like that. Together we're shaping it. Izzy didn't even qualify that with an answer. He just cringed. When he Here's Araha with the news for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. And not because Fozzie's a terrible coach, by the way. Just the, the thought that you're trying to demean the Crusaders like that. Uh, back with some sports news headlines after this. SENZ 27 away from 8 o'clock this morning. It is our one-year birthday. Feel free to text us on double eight double three. You'll get us on our socials to say happy birthday. Uh, it means so much to us, all your support throughout the year. Good to hear that sailing corridor makes a change from the flogging Fozzy. Happy birthday, team. Cheers. The other razor. Well, sorry, the other razor. We went straight back to flogging Fozzy. But on the sailing corridor you're talking about, Chris Steele joined us after winning a world championship with the, in the GC32 uh, series up there in Portugal. He explained that this kind of class of sailing is pretty similar to the America's Cup. I think the racing that we're doing now on these boats is the closest thing that you can kind of get to, to that level of sort of America's Cup racing. And there's, like I said, the Alinghi guys that were here this week and have been dominant in the last couple of years. And in this class, um, they use this as like a stepping stone to, to their build up to, to the America's Cups. There you go, Chris Steele, talking about the sort of sailing. The GC32 class is a uh, massive congratulations to anyone in Black Star involved with that. Now, Izzy, you asked the question, Andrew Porter, is he facing disciplinary action? Yes, he is. So he only received a yellow card from Wayne Barnes from the head-on-head collision, but Natch Siding Commissioner James Sheriff has since reported the Irish Ford, so he will have a uh, disciplinary hearing via video link Tuesday. Okay. So we'll hear more about that. And I would just expect to see a suspen- uh, suspension because uh, even though it wasn't read on mm. the field, head on head, and that was at Wayne Barnes' discretion, I can't see that being the case. The Black Caps also have been in Ireland. We're going to catch up with Lockie Ferguson very, very soon. Something that I was thinking about all morning, but then someone's come through on the te- uh, Temper Bedpost text machine about Northern Hemisphere getting, getting better. Like, mate, is this a... Changing of the tide, and and you know just with the southern hemisphere, we've had so much success. We've been dominant for a very long period of time. Now you see the English coming down here, beating Australia. Ireland's come down here and beating New Zealand. Wales pushed South Africa um, to to a decider. Um, you know Georgia, just with that message, obviously beating what was it Italy? Yes. So yeah, it's we're in an interesting scenario at the moment where the North is dominant. And that's where world rugby is like. Yeah, it's it's got me it's got me thinking. Well, don't think too hard because I've done it, and you can quickly go down this doomsday path that would <laughs> would put you in the stead of will we ever be as good as rugby as we have been? Because the world is catching up. The Silver Lake deal, the money and investment into the game, it will only matter, Kempi, if they can invest it in the right parts of the game, and that means getting out. You you talk about pathways in your sport, rugby league. If we don't sort our pathways out and have our local and domestic game flourishing at school level, club level, NPC level, Heartland level, and that's where that investment goes, how can we build a platform to keep up with the North? Yeah, and I don't think we are. Look, I I think um, if you have a look at some of the old way of thinking down here, not just in rugby union but rugby league, it's actually a detriment to the the top tier Um you know, you got to you got to consider a couple of things here. Our, our our game is rugby union in this country, always mm-hmm. has been. You know, you got your top eight schools playing in the in the in that beautiful competition. You've got every other high school around New Zealand wanting to play local derbies against each other and and own their province. Um, 
but you've got at the top tier, you've got a real issue with re- retention of the best players because of this mass migration um, into that top level of especially Pacific players. So you're seeing Pacific players, you know, Charles Piertel decides, oh, well, you know, there isn't a position for me here. I'm just going to go and make as much money as I can. He basically opened a door for every fringe player to go, okay, I'm, I'm actually going. This is, this is my cue. And then you've got the coaching scenario where they're going, well, I can't fill those spots for you. And I'm thinking of a half glass full. What you should do is create an opportunity for them to come back. You know what I mean? So have some type of contract with all of our best coaches to say, we want you to coach in our team. Now, I think personally, I think when, you, when you're when building a team at the moment and you go, right, we got one coach and he wants to build his people around it. I think the best the best way forward, and it's and it's you're talking about innovation. You know, Carmo's talking about innovation, mate. We've got the best coaches. Why can't we all work together? Why can't we sit down and 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 glass half full say, let's do this together and bring the country back as the best team and let them try and beat us? You know, at the moment we're beating ourselves. You'd have the answer to this, Kempi, more than me. But is it as simple as investing into the? into the pathways, into the communities? Is it as simple as that, just getting out there, or, or is there more? Is that not going to be enough? It's Look, I don't think people really understand the, the demise of pathways and what it does to your top level. Mm. Rugby league will show you where you're headed, okay? If you do not invest in coaching your coaches, this is the key. If you do not invest in coaching your coaches, you end up with average people sitting in top seats, mm. all right? So if we don't invest and change our model, and especially in rugby union now, you're heading down the same path as league. And that, I'm, I'm telling you, it's gonna, it, it'll happen if you don't invest. So who's doing it well? So if we look around the world, that they've really done it extremely well, who could we look at? Where could we look at to, to get the model and, and get some maybe confidence in what they're doing? Well, I think, I think if you're benchmarking rugby union, you've got to look to the northern teams, mm. you know, like the northern competitions, the northern pathways. They've got, they've got those premier pathways and those six nations and comps. But they've got plenty of opportunities. Mm. Hey, a sport in New Zealand which did it really well until uh, maybe just recently at the elite, elite level was cricket. Uh, watch the way they turn their th- uh, domestic game around and put more resource in. And under this David White, um, Mike Hesson, Brennan McCullum, Gary Stead leadership have been able to go from strength to strength to strength. And they've just been in the Irish this morning. We're going to catch up with Lockie Ferguson, tack a little bit left here. But we'll keep your texts coming through on double eight, double three. Izzy and Kibby for breakfast, SCNZ. <laughs> 16 away from Aiden, that's our first birthday at SCNZ, so it can't be all doom and gloom, Kempi. No, it can't be, and we're being so lucky to catch up with Lockie this morning. He joins us. You might think the Irish have had the wool over us in sport over the last wee while, but it's actually not entirely true because our beloved Black Caps have been doing a job up in the north. And after wrapping up the ODI series against the Irish, have gone on to win the first T20 this morning by 31 runs. Lockie Ferguson on fire. As usual, bowling gas and finish with four wickets for just 14 runs. He's on the line with us now. Morena Lockie. Good morning, lads. How are you going? Yeah, mate. Good. Hey, look, we've got to ask you straight off the bat, mate. What's it been like up there post the rugby result? Uh, I've been getting a little bit of stick on the sideline in the Middle um, <laughs> But, yeah, no, the Irish obviously played some good rugby and I was as political as... as um, as I could possibly be, but yeah, it's been some good banter for sure. Oh, nice. And mate, have you been surprised by the Irish cricketing standard? You haven't had it all your own way. 
No, they've been playing really good cricket. Um, and I think the wickets here have been a little bit of a surprise to us and how well the, the Irish are actually playing on the, the wickets. They obviously know their home country very well and um, they've got some great young talent coming through. So, um, you know, they've, they've definitely given us a run. Obviously, the uh, ODI series, we had a couple of very close games there, nail-biters. And then um, today, even they were looking um, at kind of getting close at the end, but we managed to sort of snare a few wickets, which um, gave us the W. Must have a pretty uh, happy, happy environment, happy uh, culture at the moment. Obviously, you learn a lot from those those close wins, mate. Have you and the group been pretty happy with how things have been trajectory, and particularly with your form, mate, taking four wickets today? You happy where you're at? Yeah, I think we've got you know a younger squad um, and some guys making their debuts, which has been great. I think Michael Brosell has been outstanding mm. um, through the one day series, and he's carried that through till today and. Um, it was nice to see Dane Cleaver get his first run today and yeah. didn't quite get the runs he probably wanted, but with the gloves, he was gone. So the, the camp's very happy. Obviously, always nice to get the close wins, um, and we take a lot of pride in that as well. Um, but certainly, we know that um, the Irish are a tough opponent, and they're going to play some good cricket in the next two games, I'm sure, as well. Mate, where are we at with the T20 unit head of the World Cup? Where are we at, sorry? With the with the with the with the team going into the World Cup for T Twenty, where do you think we're at? Uh, in a great position, yeah, we did well last year, didn't we? Mm. Um, so I, I think we're in a, at a good position. I think um, certainly it's going to be different playing in Australia. Um, uh, obviously, there's going to be some teams that'll be pretty strong there, and I think with the next few months, we've got still a lot of cricket to be played, so um, we'll start to nail down what our World Cup squad would be. But uh, when you get young guys. Uh, and debutants putting their hand up, it probably makes decisions tough for selectors. Um, but I think New Zealand cricket's in a real good spot at the moment. Yeah, I totally agree, mate. What about the the next couple of couple of months, or a couple of weeks, particularly? We got Netherlands. I think you're facing Scotland, mate. Like traditionally, not your your cricketing nations. But you know, if I'm going to be completely honest, I didn't expect much from Ireland. That was definitely surprised me with how close they pushed you. What, what are we expecting going forward in the next couple of weeks from from the likes of Scotland, Netherlands? Um, to be honest, I, don't, I haven't played the, the Scottish, but um, yep. the Netherlands, there's a few Kiwis in there from domestic cricket, so um, we know a few of them, which is it's always cool to see some Kiwis playing um, for some other countries, I guess. Um, but yeah, I think um, it'd be more of the same. These guys are pretty good in their home countries, and of course with cricket, the wickets are, are different wherever you go, so it takes some adjusting. Um, and you know, we've got some guys on debut as well who know that uh, a bit nervous to play, but also looking forward to the opportunity. So um, certainly the Irish are a pretty strong outfit at the moment, um, and I've got no doubts that the Scottish and the Irish, uh, the Netherlands team will be up for it. Um, but it's certainly nice places to travel, and we've been very well looked after over here. Beautiful, mate. What, what numbers are we going to see from Lockie Ferguson, mate? You're going to be hitting that 160, eh? We, uh, <laughs> come on, brother. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, these games are coming around second fast, but... um. Yeah, and I'll try to bend the back every now and then. Certainly when we're under a bit of pressure, I, I need to bend the back a bit more. What's your um, quickest, bud? Yeah, uh, uh, 157.3. Oh, you got it in you, I reckon. You got it in you, mate. Bend that back some more. <laughs> One, yeah, yeah. The poor old back, yeah. Nah, cheers, boys. <laughs> don't break it, though. <laughs> Is he? Don't, don't. I was going to ask you the question, too, about your shoes. Did <laughs> yeah. you, you, you cut holes in your front shoe, in your toes? 
All the fast bowlers. No, nah, I've never had that issue. Yeah, I know all the boys do, and mm. um, you know, fast bowlers tend to be terrible foot models because they get those <laughs> black toes. But oh. I've um, I've been lucky in my career, so. Yeah, shout out to the Essex shoes not giving me black toes. Yeah, well, you got black shoes. I, th- I see you wearing the black shoes, so you probably don't even notice them. But good awesome. man, big yeah. fan, brother. You always bowl. Yeah, bowl faster in black shoes. Everyone knows that. <laughs> hey, Lockie, thanks for joining us this morning. One one question before you go: When you're warming up to go out there and th- throw it down there as fast as you can, what music do you listen to? What pumps you up? What's your go-to song? Oh, I, I like. I love hip hop, yeah, big hip hop fan. Yeah, so man. There's a few boys in the team who are undercover hip hop, so hey. yeah. Who, who is it? Who, who is it? What's what's your favourite at the moment? Well, surely you guys have heard each rap. He's he's big on hip hop, yeah. He's right up the front. And yeah, then, man. We're just gonna play uh, it Henry next Nichols time we get you on. Undercover. Is it radio friendly? Can you give us a line? <laughs> Can you give us a little freestyle? Me? Nah, nah, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm. Uh, Backup dancer. Backup dancer. Good man. Okay, Lockie. Hey, thanks for joining us this morning, mate. Well done. Getting your four wickets for 14 runs this morning and and wish all the boys all the best. Keep keep bringing it for us um, up there in this lead into the T20, okay? So um, we'll catch up with you again soon and we'll put that song on for you next time you're on. (laughs) Cheers, lads. All the very best. Good to hear from you. Yeah, cheers, Lockie. I've ne- I'll be honest, I've never heard of him. Who, that rapper. Oh, Lockie Ferguson? No, no Lockie, Lockie Ferguson. Did, did Lockie. he say Ish? Ish. Sody. Ish Sody, mate. Oh, did he? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yes, oh. he said you heard Ish rap. Oh, nah, 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 nah. I was, I was actually, nah. I thought that was a rapper. Ish rap. I, was I like, think he was Ish meaning, because remember how he rap battled Rabada? Oh, okay, yeah. I think that's yeah, where, yeah, he, yeah. I think okay, that's where he was going. Yeah, a bit slow on that one. Sorry. Sorry, Lockie. That's all right. Ish and Susie. Nine away from eight. He's, he is bowling heat. But the thing of Lockie is, he is, ooh, ooh. He's, his body has been his own worst enemy throughout the years, and he's finally in a place where he is consistently on the field. If he goes before the T20 World Cup in Australia where we need gas on those wickets, oh, man, it'll be it'll be such a hard task. <laughs> so that coming down at you. That's punishment. That's punishment. That's punishment. I like, you know, it should be between, you have a bad game for the All Blacks, you've got to stand up there because <laughs> of that. Well, remember Baz um, facing Sean Tate, the wild thing, at, at the old Lancaster Sweeps Park, him. scooping him, scored that 100, and um, I was there that day, well, 2008, I think it was. I mean, amazing memories. There you go. And it is our birthday today. Uh, Baz, he'll be wishing us happy birthday from, I think he's back in the country, isn't he? he's a matamata yep. there, around there. So HB to you too, Baz, a huge part of our station. Jamie says, you share the same birthday as my daughter, so it'll be a date I'll remember forever. SCNZ, Izzy and Kempi for breakfast, eight away from eight. Find 30% off Me Today Vitamins and Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. You're listening to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SENZ. Izzy's Bomb Squad. It's been a big few days to reflect on what unfolded on the weekend and the answers we want answered will no doubt be answered over the next week or so. Today I want to look at some of the positive we unveiled over the last three games. One, how important is Will Jordan in the All Blacks? The lad is an absolute superstar of our game and when he's near the ball he makes things happen. His ability to be in the right place at the right time is no coincidence. The kid is a mind ready. He knows what other players are going to do before they even know. 19 tries and 15 tests. I hate to put a mocker on him, but at this rate, Doug Hallett's record of 49 is in great danger. What about Artie Savia? 
that decision to take him off in Test 2 really was a game changer. He carried that All Blacks team on his back. Although there are a few doubts in many of our minds, one thing there is no doubt is Adi Savia is so influential in this All Blacks pack that if change is going to happen, he will be one to lead the charge. Look, there's been so much negativity over the last few days, but remember, things are looking so dire at the moment, but the sun will always rise. Things will be okay. The All Blacks will be back. Stay positive, stay true. We trust our brothers. I just freestyled that in, but, but yep, there we go. That is my bomb squad. Bang! <laughs> Izzy's bomb squad. Now, I, was, I was thinking about it yesterday, and I was thinking, man, it's been a big old couple of days, but you look at the positives, and, mate, honestly, those two players are just so important to this All Blacks outfit. We're talking off here, Kempi, about Will Jordan, a a lad that just has so much talent, a huge, huge future ahead of him. 15 tests, 19 tries, mate. It's no coincidence. Oh, he is, mate. And by far, our, our most lethal attacking weapon. Can't believe we hadn't had, out, had him out there. You know, oh, you got to have he's a, For me, he's the bloke you put first name on the sheet. Yeah, well, he had COVID, and you, you, and you wonder if, um, yeah, wow. No, oh, geez, Geordie Barrett. First five. <laughs> <laughs> Open sided captain. Um, you wonder what would have been different if he played the whole series, but he is electric. And what about the awareness to look at the big screen when he had Sexton 101 yeah. to see one on one where he saw the players? He was looking at the big screen to see how close they were. <laughs> Rugby IQ. I that's mean, good. That's another level. I wonder where he is there. Wow. Anyway, we'll ask Frank Bunce about him after the 8 o'clock news because he's coming on the show. We're going to talk to him about the All Blacks. We'll talk to him about Manu Samoa for sure. I'm going to go get another McCafe about now. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Good morning, Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SCNZ, Tuesday the 19th of July, and it's just after 8 o'clock, appreciate you coming through, we've got Pat on the line, he's on the temper bedpost, uh, no he's on the Kenatai phone line, sorry, 0800 150 811, Pat from Christchurch, good morning. Morning, my boys, and a big happy birthday to you all. Thank you very much, mate, appreciate it. AB's coaching, what have you got for us, Pat? Yeah, like I tell you, like, uh, I reckon they'll follow and he'll be turning around in his grave watching the way the boys have been coached at the moment. Uh, not a good look. And, uh, you know, and you hit it right on, uh, as you mean, did your, your lowest, lowest bill that um, Posse only really came alive when uh, Artie took charge of the whole game and uh, scored their mongrel of a try. What a mm. beauty it was. Mm. And the funniest thing was seeing those guys and tipping away on their laptops, wondering where did that gameplay come from, you know? That's that's pretty worrying, eh? Yeah. So, maybe maybe the boys... Sorry? Sorry, sorry. I was just going to uh, just say, if there is going to be change, um, Stu, uh, Pat, sorry, can, can we expect it? And can that happen in the next couple of days? Look, yeah, I'm hoping... Uh, I think Fozzie's done his time, you know, his, his whole demeanour. Uh, it's almost reflected onto the team almost. Mm. Yeah. Um, Razor's got to come in, eh? Yeah. 
Yeah, that's going to be interesting to see where they go, Pat, from Christchurch, mate. We appreciate you coming on the show and wishing us happy birthday. Thanks very much for the call, 0800 Have a good day, mate. Thank you. Uh, a couple of messages here. Happy birthday, team. SCNZ has been the best thing to happen to sport here. The refreshing nature had changed the way in which we interact with our beloved sports. The way... The way in which you guys interview sporting personalities, it is so bloody good and it gets the best out of the guests. That is from an unknown messenger, because I can't read the bottom. Of it. One. One? One. One. Thank you very much, mate. Appreciate your message through. We're going to talk some rugby right now with Frank Bunce with the squad for the rugby championship due to be in the immediate future and public screening almost never at more intense point. The pressure on New Zealand rugby to act and act fast to write the All Black sinking ship is huge, and while it's at a low point for the men in black, over the weekend, our Pacific brother in blue, brothers in blue, Manu Samoa, made a massive leap forward, beating Fiji with a stunning comeback to win the Pacific Nations Cup. A huge achievement for the proud rugby country. Frank Bunce is All Black, 915. He also represented Samoa as a player, of course, and he's on the line now. Morning, Frank. Morning, Izzy. How's things? Yeah, good. Thank you, mate. Appreciate you coming on the show. Um, mate, firstly, no I, problem. I was watching TV the other day. 2002, Fight for Life. Fight for Life. I see you <laughs> fighting Tia Ropati, mate. Did you see yeah. that? You got good memories from that, yeah. mate? I've uh, uh, got good memories, actually. Um, I, I didn't see that particular one, but someone I got a couple of text messages about it. Mate, and, uh, you're in good nick, then. Yeah, no, nah, yeah. Had a had a good time, yeah. He is a good boy. So, uh, yeah, it was yeah, a, we enjoyed it. It was a good watch, mate. Uh, it's obviously taking place this weekend with Kevin Mialami taking on Wairangi Kopu, mate. Mate, but how are you feeling after the weekend, Bunsey? Uh, a bit conflicted. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you know, obviously it's it's been a a talking so much so actually, mm. and this is not good, but uh, so much so that I missed the bloody um, I missed the Samoa. You know that result, mm. all of that. I just found out that out yesterday. So, um, but you know, yeah, it seems to be taking up a whole lot of whole lot of time. You know, mm. it's a talking point of of just about everyone. Um, you know, all the rugby followers, anyway. And uh, geez, where do you go? You know, that's the, that's the big thing. It's people crying out for change, and other people saying, other people saying, uh, you know, it's not going to happen, or not mm. yet, or you know, whatever. But Obviously, we've got to do something. Mm. Is it, Bunsey, is it, yeah. is it um, fair to be calling for the coach's head this close to the World Cup? Um, I, I think it's, I think, you know, you, you can always call for the head of a coach, but uh, whether or not, you know, they change it or they, um, you know, the smart thing to do is change it. Um, uh, I'm not sure that because it, it, it's definitely close, but I mean, we still got. I guess we still got time to do it if it's done almost immediately. You know, you still got time for a coach to stamp his mark and, you know, make make whatever changes he might have. Um, it's a it's a hard one, you know, because we we base the whole cycle thing now around around World Cups. Yeah. And um, you know that that's what's on everybody's mind, and you know, you, probably even that thing's that's not a good thing, you know. <laughs> Because I think I was talking to Walter Little yesterday about it. He rang me up. He was moaning because yeah. he said it's a. Um, it, it, he said they got you know New Zealand rugby's got more problems than than just the All Blacks losing. You know the All Blacks lose every now and then, mm. and yep. <clears throat> but he said uh, you know it's, he reckons it's uh, it's it's a kind of a um, 
uh, we're, we're almost paying for, for what we've done to rugby as a whole, you know, from, from the club rugby, NPC, as it used to be super rugby, you know, the whole thing, is it's it's been ripped, the heart's been ripped out of like a community game. Mm. It goes all for, all for the top level. And, you know, and he said um, he thinks that we're paying, uh, paying a bit of a price for that now. Yeah, well, mate, so that, that, that could be right. That's been said on on the airways quite a lot throughout the morning. Um, talking about this is uh, just stemming from what's been happening in club footy. There's uh, lacking numbers. We're lacking depth. Uh, there's there's no investment in the club uh, scene, uh, mate. Can we see any change? Can you see change coming from this? Obviously, the Silver Lake deal was at the forefront of everyone's minds. We signed that. They've said there's going to be investment in the community. Can we see that maybe potentially changing and, and giving the community opportunities? Well, you, you hope so, you mm. know, because, um, you know, that, that's a lot of money coming through. That's yeah. How much it gets down to, the, to you know, the, the club teams, um, you know, that's, that's another matter. But, um, you know, the rugby... Yeah, well, sport, you know, it's not rugby, it's rugby league, it's, you know, lots of club, club rugby is where, where it all happens, you know, and um, it's it's a whole lot more than just, just having your top team, That that's nice, having your top team winning, but, um, you know, you look at all the community, all the volunteers, all the, the families, all the kids, all the parents, all the every, people like that who belong to rugby clubs and have done, you know, for years and years and years, <clears throat> and will still continue on that. Um, you know that that's where the heart and soul of of our sport is, and um, you know something needs to be done because we're losing a whole lot of people even at that level. Hey, Bunty, do you think the do you think the provincial unions just you're so so right about other sports as well because rugby league's the same. Do you think no think that the provincial unions actually know that they've got a big part to play here and 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 regaining the game back in New Zealand through clubs. Uh, through provinces like the NPC, through Super Football, um, or do you, or do you think they're just sitting there, being led down a merry um, path by the old yeah. pale, stale male approach? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think, I think they, they probably know, you know, what's happening to them, because every every time I go down to to Manukau, you know, there people are moaning. You know, you're strugg- We've been struggling for years, forever. You know, and you take every little bit of money that you can get to fix something, to do this, to, to you know, <clears throat> and um, so I think, I think they know, but I also agree that they've been led down this path. You know, professional rugby, I, I don't think it's necessarily been good for the whole game in New Zealand, but um, you know, we're way down that, too far down that track to to sort of do anything about it. But we could we could bring it back a little bit, and then I'm. You know, I say all this, but I haven't got any answers. Mm. That's the problem. You yeah. know, it's, it's a huge, huge issue. But, um, you know, the popularity now with, with kids, and I know that times are different. You know, there's a whole lot more um, opportunity for them, and there's a whole lot more choice. Um, but, you know, we're, we're not helping matters. No, you're dead right. And, mate, thanks a lot for your honesty. Like, I, everyone can... Who's, who knows grassroots football, who knows pathways, can see exactly what you're talking about. I hope, I hope you can do something about that. I've always wanted to ask you this question. I've, I've got to say that it's, it's been 30 years, um, and you came to Newcastle that night. I couldn't talk to you that night because I, I had no breath, mate. It was a Tuesday night. We were getting flogged. 
What, yeah, yeah, what, I, I remember what, that. What was it? What was it when you showed up at Newcastle that night? Because I thought, shit, that's Frank Bunsman. He's coming to take my jersey. <laughs> Were you nearly about to sign for Newcastle that night? <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was. Um, I was. Uh, I got asked to come over and and uh, remember Mackie Heroini. He was there. That's right. Yeah. He was a little halfback with with me. We, yeah, we just went over and, and had a look because obviously rugby was uh, an amateur game. You know, back then, and we were two South Auckland boys who, um, you know, who would like to have a little bit of something in their pockets. So um, they just said, "Oh, you come over and have a bit of a nosy." That was Ken Laban, actually, who asked Keen. if we were interested to go over and have a look. So, um, but yeah, once once we got flogged there, I was thinking, "Oh, yeah, it's probably ain't for me." <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, you know what, Frankie? I was sitting there going, "Yeah, he just seen what a Tuesday night training session was like, and that was that was enough. Exactly. <laughs> They'd done it." Yeah. And I think um, was uh, was um, bloody oh, of course Sammy Stewart was there too. Wasn't Sammy it? Johnny Shoe, Adrian Shelford, Johnny Shoe, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Was, that, was, was that there. you who told me to go? Because one of the boys, one of the Kiwi boys, said, uh, "Give you a little bit of advice: go to England." <laughs> it probably, it and, uh, probably was me, mate, because I, oh, I used to hate getting flogged on a Tuesday night. What do you reckon? You reckon you would have gone all right? You reckon you would have gone all right? Oh, well, you know, we were supposed to play in a trial game, actually, but um, I, I can't remember if it got cancelled or post I can't remember. It was a long time ago, but um, uh, the night before, we're going, shit, like, I didn't even know how to play the ball properly. You know, there's, there's so, so many different... So many different things that, uh, you know, you think you just go there, you pick up a ball and you go for it. But it's, uh, as we've learned uh, over the years, it's not quite it's not quite like that. You would have gone all right, Frankie. Don't worry about that, mate. Oh, that's hey, that's um... oh, a good game, actually. And, you know, you now now the bloody... Um, that's another thing we're mucking around too much with rugby. We keep changing the rules every five minutes. And we, you know, like it's a really hard watch. So, um, you know, NRL's looking better and better and better. Oh, man, this is a great story. That is a great story. I've got a message here on the text machine. Bruce Robertson, Smoking Joe, Frank Bunce, Conrad Smith, get the picture, boys. All great centres in their time and in great teams that consistently won. We need to sure up our centre, as I believe it is one of the most critical positions on the field that shouldn't be fielded with. That is from John. Talk about the midfield combinations at the moment. Buncey, a guy... Like yourself, Walter Little, you just spoke about him before, you know, put a lot of time in the centre position. Where do you think we're at at the position? Who is our form centre pairing going forward to the World Cup? For We need to find some consistency. Yeah, I have no idea, to be honest. Um, mm. Who would I pick? Um, I'd stick with Rico there at, at centre. Mm. Um, you know, he's fast, he's skilled, he's, he's, he's tough. You know, he's he's got a good head on him. Um, oh, geez, I'm not sure. You know, the problem is we got bloody so many guys that are um, that are as good as each other. Mm. Jack Goodhue's now he's come back into it. Um, but what I'd like to see, and it's not necessarily you know this person or that person, but is a is you sort yourself out your combination, and you stick to it. You know, and you give them time to to get to know each other, and you give them time in the jersey. You know, and that breeds confidence and. And um, you know, you you go from there. And every now and then, it's not it's not you know don't don't change things around every single game. You know that's that what that's what bugs me actually. And people out of position. And I tell you what, this is the worst one. 
forwards in the forwards have too much to do in rugby these days. It's like you know they're in the back line. They take the like a a back will take the ball up first receiver or something and set it up for a forward. And you know this is all wrong. We're all around the bloody around the wrong way. You want them just to clean rucks, yeah. eh? Bunty, exactly. push, push and jump, man. <laughs> Clean out the rut. <laughs> oh, so simple. I was, doing this, uh, <laughs> I was doing this thing actually once with um, Wayne Bennett, <clears throat> this coaching. I happened. To, I was doing some work for Lion Breweries back in the day, and and uh, I was watching the Broncos train, and they were doing all these ball drills and dropped the ball bloody heaps of times, the forwards mainly. And I said, I said to him, why don't you teach them how to pass? And he goes. Because then they'll want to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I got you. I got you. So plain and simple, stay out of our way, eh, Bunty? <laughs> exactly, exactly, man. Oh, I don't know. oh, you're a crack up, man. I want to keep you on here forever because you're just telling great <laughs> yards and great stories. Oh, you're an absolute champion. You got another minute? <laughs> yeah, 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 but oh, man. You know, it all went, fell away, started falling away when they took away rucking. Yeah. That's my take on it. We had a message before, Man, mate. Second. We had a message before. It said yeah. maybe Susie had something to do with um, the game on the weekend. Susie from South Africa. You reckon she was part, <laughs> She was in Wellington? Well, you never know. She, she's still probably still spending that money that she got back in '95. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Bunsy, you talk about you talk about the. Um, the great centre pairings, you know, yourself and Walter, you, Ma and, and Conrad, you can go all the way back to Osborne and, and Robertson. Um, yeah. That, that is for me, because, you know, you're talking, they say, well, who's your centre? And you go, Rico. And you go, well, who's your second 5 And you go, well, don't know. But we've always known what our best second five centre pairing has been. And I reckon you've hit the nail on the head. Pick them and let them grow and let them grow into those type of players where at the moment for me, I don't know about you, is you don't, they're just not getting a chance. They're changing them every second, third test. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, no, I, I agree. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm big on combinations actually all around, you know. The, the midfield, the bloody, the Lucy's, the, the back three, you know, fullbacks and wings got to just, there's so much, you know, um, obviously there's so much to do together in a game but um you you need time you know a lot of well it's it's, it's quite frustrating actually when you when you mm. think about it but um you know we we've got we've got so much talent you know we we've always been the 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 team you know the or the country with the with the natural ability you know you don't have to and leagues the same you know you you get guys that who play um who play top level um you put them in, you don't have to teach them how to pass or how to do, you know, it's all, all of that stuff is natural to them. You know, you, mm-hmm. you finesse them and you, um, you know, obviously gym stuff and get them fit and that, but you don't have to, you don't have to teach them how to do little, little deft sort of touches with the ball and that. And, um, that all comes know, you do, yeah, it does, it does. You know, we've always had big, mobile, skillful guys and, um, and we're not using them. I don't think we're using them to the best. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think we just got to take a good long look at um, at rugby as a whole. I think, and then bloody stand up for ourselves a bit more. Mm. Can't can't agree more. Hey, Frankie, I just want to I just want to remind you what you missed that night. It was uh, two eight hundreds, ten four hundreds, eight three hundreds, six 
two hundreds, four one hundreds, and then we went back up four one hundreds, six three hundreds, eight two and eight four hundreds, three eight hundreds, and it was um, it was probably the worst night Kenny could have sent you to training, mate, because you probably would have played for Newcastle if you hadn't seen that. But thanks for joining us this morning, mate. Say hi to Walter. Actually, let Walter know that I'm going to give him a call and get him on the on the show. Haven't haven't spoken to Walt for a while. We'll get some more stories out of him. He's got plenty. But uh, have a good day today, oh, brother. Thanks yeah. thanks for the time. Thanks, Frank. No problem. Cheers, boys. Awesome, Frankie Vance, mate. I remember that. I remember that so well. And I looked over and I knew who the All Blacks, All Blacks were, and I knew that Frank was on the cusp of the All Blacks. And I looked over and man, there's Frank Bunce. You know, in, in my head, I'm like, look at bringing Frank Bunce over to take my position. You know, because I was centre then. Mm. I was playing centre, me and Johnny Shoe. And um, I was thinking, dude, they want two All Black centres. Nah, man. It's going. I remember the end of training. Where's Frank? It's like, nah, man. That training was too hard. <laughs> Wanted some cash, though. A couple of boys from South Auckland, as he said. Um, wow. That, look, that's all I'd say. Frank Bunce. Wow. That is one of our great All Blacks who's having conversations with other great All Blacks like Walter Little. And he said, the heart has been ripped out of the game at the community club domestic level. We're seeing the leak upwards from here. That's Walter Little and Frank Bunce's take on where New Zealand rugby has got to. And it's not just about the All Blacks, it's about NZR. That's what he wanted to make clear. Uh, I hope that that interview makes it out, and I hope that you enjoyed that. And I'd love to hope that NZR listen to that and listen to some of their old boys and who understand, who go back to the Monaco club and understand what they need, because I think that's very important, Izzy. Yeah, hugely important, and it's great to hear from from past players that have you know put so much time and effort. This is 1,200 All Blacks that have gone by, and and hearing them. This ain't just about the All Blacks. This is deeper than that, yeah. and they are struggling. And we're seeing the effects of that now. Yeah, there you go. 23 minutes past eight. Here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. We'll get to your messages double eight double three shortly. And Paulie Mighty from tab.co.nz. It's been from Ajaz's tenfer to Baz getting the job for England and doing it well. We've been there for it all. Happy first birthday, SENZ. Chemist Warehouse big price free sale on now. But hurry, sale in Sunday. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. You're listening to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SENZ. 28 minutes past 18 this morning. Frank Bunce has just been on the radio and he's literally just told us where he thinks NZR has gone wrong and rugby has gone wrong in this country. Very compelling interview. Head to Izzy and Kepi for breakfast on our podcast channels to hear that. Paul Mawadi is at tab.co.nz. You can't bet on the trials today, but there are some superstars trialling at the Cambridge Synthetic. We've got the Open Aki Cup this weekend where watch out. But what have we got going on today, Paul Lee? Uh, well, there's some superstars in LA at Dodger Stadium uh, for the home run derby, uh, and I'm just having a look down uh, the outright winner market and the best back so far there. The third favourite, Kyle Schwalber, at six dollars. Uh, he's best backed at the moment. Um, a little bit of support for Ronald Acuna Jr. as well, the Atlanta Brave. He's at four dollars and fifty cents, and the favourite at the moment. Peter Alonso, he's paying three seventy-five. But uh, the action right now, Kyle Schwarber, six dollars. Oh, I love it, uh, Paulie. Actually, in the MLB, that is at Juan Soto. He's turned down that multi-year offer for the Nationals, so there's a bit of news coming out of there. They're all trying to get him because he's a freak home run hitting machine. Great stuff, Paulie. Tab at 
uh, download it in your app store as well as the SCNZ one while you're there. And actually on the TAB, I sent a tweet out and not everyone loved it. Uh, I actually think what Mike Todd, the new CEO, is doing, keeping uh, punters up to date with the monthly emails he's sending out with the direction of our wagering company, I think it's awesome. Um, people, Some people disagreed with me, but look, personally, I think communication from a level of company and a CEO who's putting his own neck on the line is brave, and I really commend it. So that's just my personal view. Wasn't paid to say it, like unlike some people who tried to tell me that I was. Not sponsored. Although that TAB cross was actually sponsored. Half past eight this morning <laughs> is in Kempe for breakfast. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. SCNZ, we are 27 minutes away from nine. Thank you so much for all your messages coming through with happy birthday wishes. One year old today. SCNZ, can you believe it, Daggy? Can't believe it. Can't believe it. But it's been fun. It's been an enjoyable year. There's been lots going on. We've had some fantastic guests coming through. And Frank Bunce, mate, it was great to hear Frank. First time, actually had a good yarn to, to Buncey. And, mate, some funny, funny stories. you got to go listen to that on Izzy and Kemp before breakfast. But, mate, it's been an enjoyable year. Coming up to uh, one year. was started with a bang. Um, and then, yeah, got to head to Hawke's Bay this weekend. And one, yeah. year, one year with mum, so... That's yeah, right. Kia kaha, yeah, bro. Yeah, 100%. Um, I, you said that earlier, and I forget we've been <coughs> on here for a week, and your life kind of got turned upside down pretty quick, and, and you, you know, she'd been sick for a while, right? Yeah, she was sick for a while, and uh, you know, the, the dreaded the dreaded cancer, but, mate, we um, we look on the positives, and we're going to go home, and we're going to go back and see Mum, and all the family's going to get together this weekend. I'm going to take Arlo back with me. Tilly's got a broken leg. I'm gutted. Can't take her back home, but me and me and my son will go back and spend some time with dad and brothers and sisters, and yeah, we'll just make a make a weekend of it. But um, yeah, celebration today of of one year on the air. We've got How a couple, good. Yeah, it is. It is a celebration, and then um, yeah, she would take some time this weekend, Izzy, and we'll be thinking of you. And that's the beautiful thing about SCNZ, the whānau we've built here, and Kempi, you've been a massive part of it this year. Well, yeah. we, geez, we have to go back to uh, the Carlaw Park days. When we started down the road at the TAB offices at the end of last year, and you kind of went, oh, been here before. <laughs> <laughs> I remember Izzy and, and Baz giving me a call, mate, and the first time they ever spoke to me, and I just came off the back fence. Oh, mate, you did and so. I remember hard. I could hear oh. Izzy. I could hear Izzy laughing in the background. <laughs> I was thinking, yeah, yeah, they're going to phone me again. These boys. <laughs> well, there you go. Buncey will be next co-host at this rate. <laughs> oh yeah, no, mate, no. you've had about eight months on here though. You did the whole summer. Yeah, the whole summer with, with Louie. Yeah, Louie got me in at Christmas time and said, you know, come in, the boys are, are you around? The boys are on holiday. And mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, man, I'm, I stay in Auckland over Christmas. I'm quite happy to come down in the mornings and do that. And it's been a, oh, it's been a, a hell of a ride for me so far this year to go from, I guess, a, a supplier of content for rugby league to actually sitting in here talking all things sport. It's given me a, um, I guess, a, it's sort of, Giving me another lift in the sporting world because mm. I'm looking at everything. Like, mate, the the, the squash. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. I'm like watching it, and I'm going, man, I actually love watching sport. The darts is on at the moment. Watching all all the TVs with sport on, I, I just think it's fantastic. Listening to racing every day, man, I'm in heaven. Oh, I'm the same. I'm the same, Kempi. <laughs> Look, I t- talk about. I don't know about the racing. My wife's a bit fed up with that, but um, I, I do enjoy like learning and speaking to trainers, mate. And like you said, like I. 
I watch, I played rugby, so I understand rugby. I understand the dyma- dynamics of the game, but I've really had to expand my horizon and get out and, and try and understand different sports, you know, speaking to, to people from different... Um, uh, Chris Steele this morning. You know, yeah, Chris Steele, hundred percent. Chris Steele, um, you know, I've forged an awesome relationship with Paul Cole, mm-hmm. uh, and that's—I'll be completely honest. Before we got Paul Cole, on, I never had an, any idea who he was. Didn't know what he was doing and, and squash player. I said, "Who's Paul Cole?" Remember that? I messaged, "Who's Paul Cole?" Oh, he's a squash guy. He's just won the um, British Open. I was like, "Oh, good <laughs> rooster, mate." Good and rooster. now, like you know, forged a little friendship with him. So. We're pretty lucky, and even our listeners, you know. You tra- I was in Wellington the week, and I went out and had a, had a couple of quiet ones. How cool is it when you walk around and, hey, bro, it's Simon. I was like, oh, hey, Simon. Oh, oh, I, call, <laughs> I call the show every now and then. I was like, oh, Simon. So you put you know, your face to a name, and, yeah. and you have that connection. That's what it's about, and that's why I love, um, love doing this show. Yeah, they, there are quite a lot of listeners out there. A couple of times I've been out, people have come up and said, man, love the breakfast show. You boys are going really well, and... Um, I I think from from my perspective, just there having the having uh, being able to feel safe in your opinion, and put it out there in the public, and 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 the other part is listen to everyone else when mm. they come back with their opinion. Um, and there's some there's some heated debate and and some heated opinion that comes back. But the good thing about this medium is that the sports show allows that which has been missing. Mm. It, it, it it has. I think it's different from what sport used to be like. In New Zealand, as far as broadcasting goes, this is like a really cool medium to be um, to be able to to talk to and talk about. We've had it reflected in our messages on double eight double three this morning. Lots of people saying that uh, you know you're so proud and glad to have an outlet to be able to express. This is the perfect week, right? Our national team has let us down. They've admitted it's unacceptable. But you have now had your chance, and you are the yardstick for sport and where punters' minds are at, and. Rugby and sport is for you. It's for us as sporting fans. We're lucky to work and have Kempi and Izzy here have represented their country, but most of us don't get that opportunity. But we that doesn't mean that it's not our sport and mm. it's not our game. And mm. having this outlet to be able to share any of your opinions is really special for us. A couple of messages here before we uh, crack on. Uh, Jim from Tamuka says, thanks, and Jim, you're day one as well. Thanks for Frank Bunt's chat. Is there any way to clone Walter and Frank? We need the AAB's D-Day to future-proof. Yeah, I hear you. Jim, and here's one from Steve. Great to hear Frank Bunce. And what annoys me the most about the New Zealand rugby is they commissioned the McKinsey report back in 2020. That's right, they did. One of the big findings that came out of that report was the fan engagement and the struggles of the community game. Two years on, nothing's changed, mm. Steve. And Welcome to our world. Reports, please. We've had 40,000 of them in rugby league. It's just another way to sweep it under the carpet. Let's have a review. Let's write another report. Please. Alrighty, 22 Love minutes away from nine. <laughs> uh, we're going to crack on because, Joe, it's time for... Go on, Kimpy, you know you want it. You know you want it, Kimpy. It's just a matter of faith. It's just a matter of faith, yeah. Ah, the Vodafone voicemail has been running hot. The, <laughs> keeping you connected to the Vodafone Warriors. The Vodafone voicemail, leave the team a message of support on 0800 37 Go Warriors and be in to win weekly prizes with Vodafone. 
Righty ho. We've had so many nominations that came through on the Vodafone voicemail. It's been awesome. We're a little bit tardy getting this one out, but here are a couple. Go the Warriors, you little beauty! Up the Warriors, baby, let's go! Up the Warriors, yeah! Let's go! (laughs) I think it was you, Daggy. But the winner this week, well, uh, awesome to have you calling the line. William Tapuosi, and this is what you had to say. Hey, boys, so Will Tapuosi here. Go the bloody Warriors. If it wasn't for you guys, there would be no NRL. So to them, you guys are just players. But to us, you guys are the heroes. Go the Warriors! Well said. Well said. Absolutely middled it, mate. And for that, you and three mates are going to be in the Vodafone VIP stand for August 12th when the boys come home again. Thank you to everybody that's got involved with the Vodafone. Voicemail 20 away from 9. Back with a trip down memory lane after this. SENZ quarter to nine this morning on 19th of July 2022. 2021, 19th of July. Gee whiz, I was packing myself. Nervous day as we launched SENZ. It's Kiwi for sport with the words Baz rung out when we launched at 6am. I'm so proud to still be here. Thank you for everybody for all your messages. We cannot simply get to them all because... You're just you're breaking the text machine at the moment on double eight double three. But what we can do is, I thought, lads, uh, we might just take a trip down memory lane because, as you've said it time and time again, the thing that is really special about what we can do here is that our point of difference is the guests we can get to, right? Mm. Yeah, the point of difference is, is trying to tick in. T- tap into those contact lists and uh, you know give give our listeners an experience of the other side of, of, a, of a conversation you know you, you traditionally get the same cliche answers but we'll try and get the real realness out of them and we've been pretty lucky and special to be able to bring you some pretty awesome guests and let's, let's, let's uh, sample a few of those and I'm going to start with the late great Shane Warne, SK Warne because mm. this was one of my favourite interviews we got to do yeah. uh, Baz got him on the line and you know <laughs> This is the sort of humour he had, and this is why it was such a tragedy that we lost him. But this is him we're talking about having COVID. Mate, talk us through that bloody little bit of scare, COVID. Are you, are you right now? You, you out of it? Well, don't take this as any sort of um, gospel. And this is actually a bit tongue-in-cheek. So before I get crucified for saying this, all I'm saying is I thought if I smoke 100 cigarettes a day, I could kill COVID. But it didn't really work. I end up on a ventilator. So it wasn't, um, <laughs> it wasn't ideal. Um, (laughs) if anyone could it would be you king (laughs) oh (laughs) wicked sense of humour wicked sense of humour and I've I've told the story many times Queenstown we're at the New Zealand Golf Open all the pros are warming up you know they're seriously about to tee off in most of their biggest event, and the king's on the green putting green with two darts in his mouth just smoke going everywhere and he just got no Care in the world. Care in the world, mate. Just, it was the funniest thing. And I was like, oh, man, I'd love to go talk to him, but I can't. I don't, I don't know what it is with these cricketers, Kempi, but we've had a couple of personalities on. The other one, the great Dwayne DJ Bravo. He was fantastic. And, uh, look, he's won pretty much every tournament in the world. He actually, in this interview, told us he wanted to win the CPL in the next couple of years, and he thought he was going to. He went on and did it. But he also uh, sampled us some of his tunes. 
Oh, mate, what about in the music world? What's going on in your music world at the moment? Oh, that's a proper song you guys playing there, man. It, it, it's Come nice. on, Dwayne. <laughs> Come on, Dwayne. DJ <laughs> yeah, it's so, it's so good. Uh, what a character he was. And um, Izzy, you were pretty starstruck that morning. I was, mate, because we used to play that after Crusaders games. You know, like Geordie Talfour would get that up and we'd walk around and do the do the champion song. And it was pretty cool, mate. He's, he's, uh, he's an awesome bloke and pretty, you know. Game full south that day it was good. Not all about cricket though, Kempi. Um, Maddie Johns, you played with the Jones brothers way back when for Newcastle. We've spoken to oh, Frank, Frank Bunce a couple of times <laughs> earlier this year. You had him on, and how about this? Well, Izzy, I think Warriors fans would have been excited when you have him at seven, but I think they'll be devastated by your judgment by having a bulldog today. You want to hear his tip of horses too, mate? He's pretty good at that. <laughs> I just, Izzy, uh, mate, hey, look, mate, everyone's a title of opinion, even if yours is wrong. <laughs> mate, I, uh... Oh, and how wrong was I? <laughs> Oh, we should get him back on, actually, just to wrap up no, the year. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, Izzy, I don't know what it is, but for some reason you've been the, the butt of many jokes yeah. with your friends. People that come on, they, they, they don't know, they see you as an easy target. I think it's because you're so lovable. It's because I give it back, mate. Sunny dagger. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and SBW would know all about that. A good pal of yours. And, um, well, it's because you played with him at a, different, a couple of different teams, obviously the All Blacks and the Crusaders. And this is from his first arrival in New Zealand or his first Super Rugby experience. When I first got down to Christchurch, because I'm a naturally really shy guy and sitting here next to all of these guys, next to you know Ben and Owen Franks and Kieran Reid, and, and then out of nowhere, everyone's quiet, you know, because that's the type of environment down there, reserved. Turbo! What's up, brother? <laughs> As his dad walks in and the sandals are bloody almost minus five degrees. The bro just walks in and ever since then I love the guy, you know, because he's just always brought light to the room and Aroha to the room. Oh. You remember that? <laughs> I do remember that. I do remember that. Oh, look, I was nervous as Sonny Bill Williams, you know. One of my mates at school used to call himself herself, um, SB. Um, no, uh, Ryan. Ryan Bill Williams, they used to call him. Sully Bill. No, Sully Bill. Sully Bill, sorry. Sully Bill, they used to call him, mate. So I've been a big fan. And um, just growing up, you know, seeing him and and then walking in the room. Pretty special moment. I I actually messaged him the other day. He'd gone off social media. Yeah. Have you seen that clip with him and Gallon? Off the grid. Seen him him and Gallon going at it on TV. That was quite funny. But he went off the grid. I messaged him. I messaged his partner. I said, what's his number? And then he messaged me, oh, hey, hey bro, I've gone off social, but he's my new number. He's had about 28 <laughs> phone numbers, straight up. Man, it's hard to get in touch with. Well, he is a superstar. Uh, Cameron's come through, Izzy Carter at yahoo.nz. Yeah, they're very sharp <laughs> from you, Cameron. Uh, we don't have that clip, but we got one, and we will get it out. We've got enough time to get it out. Now, this one's a bit longer, but this is one of the best bits of radio we got to do. After the Paralympics, Sophie Pascoe has gone and done New Zealand so proud again. And she spoke to you, Izzy, you're obviously friends with her, about her journey over the last wee while. Here's a minute 20 of Sophie Pascoe, one of the best bits of radio we were lucky to do in the last year. So I love you sharing those little insights to, to the emotions that you've gone through. Can you, can you tell us about the last five years? Yeah, the last five years is um, interesting. I think if we touch base mainly on the past 18 months, uh, obviously the world changed and with COVID-19 and um, I would say I was in the best physical and mental condition of my life and it's 
all crashed. It all came down on me. And mm. I was in lockdown on my own. And it became a, quite a big struggle to understand and comprehend who I was as a person because I had just made this identity as Sophie Pascoe. And mm. I felt like I was nobody else. And so I went into a pretty dark place and I was advised to get somebody else in. Uh, so I brought yeah. a friend in and uh, we fell in love. Yes, um, I met him. I met him. He's lovely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he has been an incredible person that has allowed me to find another identity, to be Sophie. Um, he's held my hand through the darkest of times and he helped me get back into swimming along with the rest of my core support team. S-E-N-Z. And there you go. It's not all about sports and uh, being tough blokes here. It's We get a little love story in the mix here, isn't it? <laughs> it was cool. She shows some vulnerability. But the other side of that, and Kempe probably relate to this, is when you are in the sporting world um, and you kind of lose track of who you are, and you know, like when you when I finished, what was I? Who was I? What is my identity? I'm just a rugby player, right? Eh? And, and it's quite you go through some mixed emotions, and that's what I went through. So it's great for Sophie to share that. There you go. A little trip down memory lane. It is six and a half away from now. We'll catch up with Smithy to uh, celebrate our birthday with him after this. Thank you for your messages coming through on double eight double three. Really touching. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato, and aioli. So we doubled it. Chicken and Maccas, together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.